Blog Talk Radio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men. And it's just beautiful. everybody and happy left-hander day that's right it is the 13th day of august and that means it's still a left-hander day i am a lefty so for me to all my fellow lefties out there we say good afternoon all the way from somerville south carolina it is a kind of a stormy day getting ready to come in here through the low country as uh, we're looking forward to having another five-star show and i mean it is going to be jam-packed and loaded today with all the great guests that we've got coming on here of course we're coming to you live from the studio and that of course is the factory sports and fitness training studios you can find the guys and girls working out right now but they're doing it in hand in hand as we do our thing here in somerville over there at 5913 loftus road you can reach out at 843-573-7391 then keep us right here i'm richie Alvin alongside eugene benton and is again going to be a big day today we've got another five-star guest list and breaking news from the Southern Conference, just moments ago, I believe, they have also pushed back their season to the spring. Eugene, I welcome you in, brother. I know you're down there in Studio B in North Charleston and Park Circle. Man, I got to tell you, it's just not going to have the same feeling this year. And also, I don't know if you saw this just moments ago, it looks like there may not be even a championship that could be played as well. Well, there's a couple of things that, one, the Southern Conference said conference games would be postponed. So teams like the Citadel, who uh, I know they've been in talks with Clemson about playing in the fall, those are still on or, or still available. So they can still play non-conference games in the fall. So they didn't shut that down. Uh, so the message from uh, the NCAA president was that uh, NCAA championships for the fall are canceled except one, FBS football. So that's the big power of five schools. That has not been canceled. That was the only one specifically left out. This was, you know, it said all championships but 
FBS football. So, you know, if the three conferences get enough teams and it becomes four and they get some other teams joined in there, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, they could have a, a championship. I mean, look, outside of Ohio State, it was either going to be an ACC or SEC, in my opinion, anyway. No one from the Pac-12 was there. They're not been there. The last time they've been there, they didn't really show up. I mean, you know, so uh, uh, some of my teams, I, you know, and I, I don't say that as a fan because I don't think really either of my teams really has a shot to make a, a title run. But obviously we know Clemson. I think outside the a- ACC and SEC, I think, you know, you had to look at um, uh, Ohio State with what they bring back, you know, Heisman candidate quarterback. Um, but their conference commissioner has said that, no, that you will not be allowed to go outside the conference if you uh, – Basically, if you want to go out and play outside the conference, to go ahead and put in your notice um, because uh, they just weren't going to have it. They weren't going to allow it. So my understanding from Coach Day, uh, something I read this morning, is that he said that's still not completely decided yet whether they won't play. So we'll see. I mean, it could be that he's just trying to stick up for his team, but, uh, you know, and, and the superstars he has on his roster. But, uh, you know, and also, too, responding to, you know, you saw on, on tweet. A little while ago, a little uh, reply from our, our friend, Coach Smitty of the C. Murray, and, you know, he's talking about all the teams being pushed to the spring. You know, like I, like we talked about on Tuesday night, man, I just can't see Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence playing in, in February, March, and April when the draft is usually around the April. Um, and, you know, and they have to get ready for the combines. They have, uh, you know, all of that travel. They have agent stuff to do. They have – you know, interviews and meeting with coaches uh, or teams. You know, a first-round draft pick usually goes in interviews with at least probably 20 teams. You know, that's a lot of flying around and travel and time. I just don't see those guys playing. And so I think, you know, by, if they do move to all, everybody to the spring, and even those teams that are playing in the spring, you know, I think you're going to see a watered-down uh, spring football season anyway. And, and no disrespect to the talented freshmen and sophomore on the team, but – you know, you're not you're just not going to see the Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence's, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, and, and to kind of piggyback on on a couple of things. First, let's go back to the to, to the uh, Southern Conference. It's not the same. I get that there are teams that they can play, but there's just a lot of magic. And I've never played in the Southern Conference, but I got to feel if I was a Southern Conference guy, see our guys out there running around playing some of this other stuff. And yeah, football still football. And there's probably a good chance, no matter who they play, if they play or when they play, you're going to be watching it from a TV screen, good chances are anyways, but it's just not the same. It, it, it is not just the same. And, and I understand, you know, the argument, well, we're not going to get the Trevor Lawrence's, we're not going to get the Justin Fields, but there's a lot of other dudes out there. There's a lot of other dudes out there. Let's be honest, Justin Fields and, and, and the quarterback at Clemson and a wide receiver at Clemson, along with a lot of other great dudes, they already basically have all but punched their ticket anyway. And there are some dudes who have already said they're not even going to play, even if they play in the fall, because they don't want to jeopardize, you know, what's going on. So, so there's that conversation. So do we stop the show for the best 50 in the country, or do we play it for the rest of the guys in the country? So, I mean, yeah, either way, I, I still think because there's a division in the Power Five, there will be a watered-down deal other than – and I think the ACC games will be pretty interesting. I think those teams uh, are going to have – uh, quite a, a, an argument to, to fight one another. At least you'll see Notre Dame when I guess they've decided to join the ACC now, at least for this season. North Carolina, I'm looking for those guys to be pretty good. What is Virginia going to bring to the table? Clemson's going to be the dog that everybody's going to be hunting. Florida State, are they there? Are they not there? Miami has one of those players that we talked about 
that's not playing because he is one of the top-ranked guys and could be in the draft. So, you know, there is that question mark as well. So there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. It's kind of like high school. You know? It's kind of like high school where we talk about, you know, if the guys play in the January, you know, what would have been uh, that one proposal here at least in the state of South Carolina and what they are doing in other states, by the way, in, in a later time, then what about these guys like the J.J. Jones and, and some of these other big dudes who are going – to places like the gentleman from Dillon that's going to go play at Louisville, that's understandable that they won't be there to play. The defensive end possibly from Sumter won't be there to play. You know, that's, that's just what it is. But what about the guys who do get to play? What about the guys that do need that opportunity? That's why you're seeing what I, and I, and I understand the argument and we're going to get through this some today too, Eugene. People have already got kind of a mock draft of who's coming from North Carolina and who's going to find their way to an aunt and uncle, a grandma, or somebody somehow, some way around the low country, all the way to the upstate, and through the Midlands. And it's not just either or, it's everywhere. Because let's just be honest. I talked to a couple beat writers in North Carolina today, and that's what they said. They said, hey, man, you got room? I said, room for what? He said, you got room for us because we need to work. So we're going to come down and work just as much as those guys are going to work. We're going to come down and cover our guys because you're going to have them, so we'll just come down and cover them there. I say, hey, let's do it. So th- this is going to be an interesting year. We'll be very busy on our side. Unfortunately, I'm worried, minus the SEC. I think the SEC is going to get better in football, but quite frankly, they're playing nothing but SEC football. Man, it could be better than, than most seasons for others. Now, I don't think some teams are happy with who they drew, but let's just be honest, the SEC hits a home run out of the situation, and at the end of the day, if you win the SEC, I mean – Hey, enjoy that victory. Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is, that, you know, the, the SEC is going to, in a sense, kind of run the show uh, if they go into the fall. I know Clemson and, and ACC, you know, said, that, you know, hey, we've, we've got a bunch of titles here recently or a couple titles here really recently too. But overall, you just don't have uh, the depth. I mean, this year you're looking at, you know, I know LSU lost a lot of players. Um, they're still pretty talented. They still got you know great weapons on offense. They've had new coordinators. So you're not really sure. I wouldn't bet on them, you know, to win the title. Alabama's always in the discussion uh, this year. Everybody's a lot of people are looking at Texas A&M. Those guys are loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Bring back so many players. Uh, and, and Jimbo's won a title before, uh, so that's not something new to him. Uh, you know, you look at the East. Uh, you know, Georgia's. Brought back a bunch of talent. I don't think they're, you know, a contender. You know, I don't think Tennessee's a contender, but I think Tennessee's going to, you know, have some big wins, maybe maybe make a run for the SEC championship by, by winning the East. You know, I think Mullen ha- has my Gators rolling. You know, they're bringing back a quarterback. they got great defensive players. I don't think if, if I had to bet, you know, I don't think they could um, beat an Alabama on a neutral site. Uh, but you never know. I mean, sometimes chips fall differently, and, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, when Bama's quarterback went down, they, they weren't the same Bama after that last year. So you never can tell with some of those things. But I think in the SEC you at least have four teams that could end up in that Final Four. You know, we, you just talked about the ACC. I think you've got um, Clemson, but I think North Carolina has a real big shot. You know, they're going to have a lot of uh, people with a lot of eyes on them. You know, they, they brought back a bunch of talent. They've got superstar quarterback uh, who's in kind of the next big thing. If it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence, he'd probably be the, the biggest quarterback, you know, at least hype-wise in the ACC. Uh, you know, in the Big 12, Oklahoma, 
You know, they've, they've got uh, Spencer Rattler now kind of under the helm. You know, they've always put up big numbers on offense. Uh, I know the coaches does, does a great job. They've been looking at some uh, recruiting defense lately. Uh, you know, they're, they're always a team that at least in the, in the uh, regular season, you know, they score 50 and 60 seemingly at will. Uh, and then Texas, uh, you know, Herman's brought them, brought them, kind of built them back up. You know, they knocked off a very good Georgia team in a bowl game. Uh, and that was a game a lot of people didn't expect them to win. And uh, so, you know, Texas could make a little noise, too. We'll, we'll see what happens, you know, when they uh, actually kick that ball off. But, you know, and then again, you got some other teams. Now, I don't think a Central Florida this year is going to have a chance to, you know, say, you know, oh, we're, we're undefeated and we beat, you know, an 8-4 and four Auburn team, so we should be national champs. But, you know, if another conference kind of like those guys, South Florida gets in the picture, I don't think they have anybody, you know, capable of winning the national title. But I do think they have some uh, – you know, some talent down there that can give some of the some of the big guys a run for their money, at least make some noise. And, you know, what would that say and what would that do for their program when they're the only show in town? Let's just use the example of South Florida. Let's say they play uh, University of Alabama. And Alabama may win that game, but let's just say it's a 35-28 to 28 or a 35-31 score. The University of South Florida is going to earn a lot of respect. They're going to earn a lot of money, and they're going to earn a lot of attention from recruits and everything else. And we all know that, you know, Coach Scott, uh, following in the footsteps of his father, he's, he's a good salesman, you know, and he learned under uh, Dabo as well. And uh, I think, you know, something like that, you know, these guys are looking at opportunities to kind of put their programs on the map, on a bigger map, on a large-scale nationwide map. And I think if they do have that type of uh, opportunity this fall, I think they're going to use it and exploit it and, and, you know, good for those guys. But overall, I think, you know, the, the SEC would stand to probably – double their uh their payouts of 40 million each because again you know they'll they'll be the only show in town uh for the most part and if people can't go to games they're going to be in front of TVs and then when the ratings go up you know the cost of advertising goes up the more the SEC is going to demand from you know CBS uh ESPN and things like that and I think you know they're going to get it so if those guys make it work, I definitely, like you said, I definitely see that those guys are just going to exploit the heck out of it and turn it into a major windfall. Yeah, you know, and I agree with a lot of what you had to say there because I think, you know, you you mentioned earlier the ACC and, and, and of course, you know, what you look out of the, the Big Ten. And, and, and I still, with them not playing, I, I still always have a feeling that, that one day Michigan's going to stand up and, and, and get off you know, the sidekick rule. They're going to quit being the bridesmaid. And then I think Wisconsin one day is going to, you know, quit, you know, doing what they do. You know, I always feel like there's going to be that one team. But North Carolina has been that team for me in the ACC for quite some time. I thought it was there with uh, a couple of coaches before. Now I believe Mac Brown is, is the real deal. I see not only can he recruit, dance a little bit in the locker room, but he can really – handle the business that means that he got. And I think that North Carolina is going to be one of those teams this year. That's why I want to see things happen. I think that the ACC is probably going to shrink a little bit. I'm not saying the Clemson's not going to win this thing. It's going to be hard to beat the Tigers. These guys are loaded from top to bottom to east to west. I mean, everywhere you look, they got even in the, the, the dudes that load up the water coolers. I mean, those guys are ballers. I'm sure there's a five-star athlete that they were able to just convince them to, to load up the water coolers. So, that's just what Dabo has done. He's loaded up a coaching staff. He's loaded up the band. He's loaded up the fans. He's got it going on in Clemson. It's just who's going to be the one to dethrone the Tigers. 
from the top of that list. Is it Florida State? Can they finally get back in the swing of things? I just don't know, you know, and I don't know if Virginia's got enough firepower. I know they just picked up a young man who's going to be a freshman uh, up there in Woodland. That's here uh, right outside of Somerville up towards St. George. Uh, Mr. Davis is up there. I think he's going to make some ground, but he's going to have to put on, you know, a little bit more time to do it because of COVID. I think that slowed down some of these upcoming freshmen who normally can play a very large role early in the situation. So there's just a lot of questions. Not as many answers. We're getting answers throughout the day. Again, it is a big deal. If you are a, a, a Southern Conference guy, you're used to seeing that Furman Citadel game, and it means a lot to you, right? That's, that's the big game. It's not happening this year. You're used to seeing some of the other teams playing. It's not happening this year. Yes, you have a chance to possibly go play some of the other teams, and that's cool and all, but that's just the way it is. So I had a conversation with a guy – just yesterday. And I said, okay, well, if by chance these other teams can play, but they're not playing conference games, well, why don't they do a little FBS within the state? I believe that there's at least eight teams that they can find to play here and and, and play for the Palmetto Trophy or play for something. I don't want to call it that. Get creative. Do something different. Please don't do that. But play for something creative. Get the Citadel. Get Charleston Southern, right? Get North Greenville. Get Walford. Get the teams that are here in the state of South Carolina, you don't have to leave the state. You can play within the states of, of South Carolina and become a state champion. At least you're getting to play, and you get bragging rights for the state of South Carolina. Do the same thing in Georgia. I know there's enough schools over in Georgia. You know there's enough teams in Florida. If you're not going to play a conference schedule, instead of going out playing these big dudes and getting the, the, the bejeebies kicked out of you, play within your state. Pick up some of these local schools who maybe in the past you wouldn't have had a chance to play. I'm sure – these guys would love to play Eugene, but to me, it does a couple of things. Number one, it makes it easier for traveling purposes. So financially, why that's going to be a hardship. There's a lot of that question going on as well. I, I think that you, you really look at the bigger picture of things and, and you say, okay, cool. Let's make something good come out of this. You remember, you know, there were days where the state of South Carolina teams, the big boys didn't play the little guys here in the state of South Carolina. It started one day. Maybe this is just something that they can use as an opportunity to still play some games and make it a little bit more interesting within the state lines of South Carolina. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a great idea. And I was actually just thinking when you were talking about that uh, and the teams in South Carolina, you know, the Citadel, Furman, Wofford, uh, you know, North Greenville, um, you know, even even a, a team like a Limestone or something like that, you know, just have, have all those guys play, man. And Newberry, uh, don't forget about Newberry. Have, them, have those okay. guys play for a champion, a big championship belt. You know, just with the big kind of the uh, Palmetto flag right in the middle of the buckle. You know, the big. Oh, I mean, man, look at the big, big, gaudiest championship belt you can imagine, man. You know, instead of the WWE right in the middle, just a big um, Palmetto tree with the shake, almost like the uh, with the Palmetto flag. You know, have it blue and gold. You know, I mean, just gold, obscene amount of gold. That's what I would do, and just have that championship belt. <laughs> Look at you us. know those Look guys. At hey, all you got to do is set Man. that belt up on the sideline, like they do the, uh, you know, the the in, the football trophy at some of the big games. They always feature it kind of in the corner of the end zone. You just set that belt up. You're gonna get dudes smacking guys in the mouth on kickoff because oh, that belt's gonna mean something. And, and think about recruiting. Think about recruiting. You can go within the state high schools. I mean, you know, I get it. Not look. Here's the thing. Not everybody's power five. I know that breaks hearts. I understand it. It's it, 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 it's it's a hard thing to hear, 
But not everybody's made to go out and, and land in the power five of opportunity. Sometimes you got to get where you're going to grow your best and play where you can actually do the game called playing football, not watching football. We heard our guests tell us Tuesday, if you want to watch football, hell, go in the stands. You want to play football? Well, go where you can start, not where you're going to start. Go where you can start now. If you can transfer later, then do that. But get where you got to get. But I love that as, aspect of things. And, and, and that conversation had yesterday, I thought to myself, boy, oh, boy. And, Eugene, while we go to break here in a few, maybe we look up all the teams within. Don't forget about Erskine. Erskine, I think, is one of the newer schools. Limestone's right there. You mentioned Newberry. There's a ton of schools within the state, just in South Carolina. If nobody else does it, that's okay. But I know they can do it as well. But if you're going to play football, but you can't play in your conference, but what does that mean? Does that mean that you still can't play? You know, I mean, you're not leaving the state. Does that mean that the Citadel still can't play a team like uh, Furman? It just wouldn't be a conference game. It would be a non-conference game. It would be basically its own Carolina League or South Carolina League. I mean, I, I don't know, but I know where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity. So right, let's see if somebody listening can put that together. Uh, some sad news out of Southern Sports Central came out yesterday. If you guys follow us on Southern Sports Central, it's a uh, very tough day for myself, Eugene, and, and so many, so many amazing people that this man crossed paths with. And I want to have this as we go to break and have this tribute to him as we're going to uh, pay tribute throughout tonight's show. Uh, I've got a young man coming on at 7 o'clock that's uh, part of the United States Army that played for him uh, at Socrates High School that year will join us. He's the first military man that's going to join our show. I believe active military man. He's actually active uh, in North Carolina with the United States Army. Um, but he played at Socrates High School. Uh, I believe he went to Lenore Ryan to start football, but realized that God had called him to a bigger, greater pet pitcher. And uh, when and the news came out yesterday about our good friend Chad Illing, it takes a lot for me to take a truck and put it on the side of the road. And when I heard the news yesterday about my brother and Eugene's brother and many of our brother, it, it, it hit me harder than it's hit something like that in a long time. And, and uh, he was called home way too early uh, at some point between yesterday morning and the night before. He leaves behind a, a beautiful little girl and a, an amazing young man. And uh, it's a hard thing. You know, Eugene can, can, can echo a lot of this conversation because who Chad Elling was to me, he was that to a lot of people. I was very blessed to, to, to know, and if you watched my Facebook earlier today, I did a tribute out there watching the water. You go back, I left it up. I was going to delete it. I left it up. But, you know, Ch- Chad was one of those dudes that liked to talk. And for me, I also enjoy talking. I, yeah, I like the radio, right? So, I'm, But he out-talked me. Hard to believe. I found somebody that actually cannot talk to me, and that was fine. I figured it would be a 20-minute conversation. It became two hours later, and we solved everything but cancer. But we were dealing with everything from fishing to hunting to football to baseball. And badminton was a conversation. We had that too. Whatever it was, we covered it. And we would always get off the phone, and the final thing he would always say is, love you, brother. I'll catch up with you soon. I never knew last week would be the last time I would have a chance to talk to him. I thank God that every time he called, I knew I better answer that call. Because a lot of times I wasn't in the best place. And sometimes he wasn't in the best place. But it's amazing having that conversation, what it did. 
Chad Elling did so many for so much and did it at Davidson Day. He did it at Sockety High School. He did it when he walked on the campus at Oceanside just last year. He did it when he came to Somerville High School as a young kid, dreamed of the days of sitting in that press box and looking down on that field with the big ovalette, seeing the legendary coach John McKissick walking back and forth. I was able to give him that wish, make it become reality. And he sat up in this game with me, with his son, Hunter. And he watched this thing, and he kept going to Facebook Live, and he called, like, I think he called a 50,000. I think everybody on his phone got a phone call from him from that stadium. And at that time, it meant a lot to me. But when I went back and I saw that picture again yesterday, it meant more to me than any game I've ever called on the radio. To know at that moment that I called a game with a man that I'm proud to call my brother, a man that I'm proud to say was a friend of mine, And I thank a lot of people because it took a lot of us to do so much, to move so much together. And I tell you, Eugene, uh, I'm going to give you some time here quickly as well. Well, take your time. If we go into 630, that's fine. But Chad meant a lot to you. He meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to anybody. If he crossed your path, he automatically called you a friend. He automatically would just wait on you to echo that back to him. It was an amazing conversation every time. I'm going to miss him. Today was easier than yesterday. And I know tomorrow might have its ups and downs, but it will be a little bit easier as we get through. I just want you to do us a favor here on Southern Sports Central. As he went to Jacksonville, Florida, it'll live for a while. He went to Savannah, Georgia. He went to Charlotte, North Carolina. He came to Charleston. He went to Myrtle Beach. Wherever he went, he listened to Southern Sports Central. He called in and would drop knowledge. He would call me and tell me what I need to do better. He would call me and tell me what I could do to make it this or that or whatever. But he always ended up saying, man, you got a gift. Keep giving. You're good at what you do. He always wanted to see you excel at whatever you did. His son today showed that resilience. His son went on Facebook Live today and put a video together and showed nothing but true character, guts, and a hell of a lot of amazingness. Eugene, I'm going to give you some time. But, again, guys, I just wanted to pay a homage Pay some respect to a man who we will live, he will live through us here at Southern Sports Central. We will strive and drive and never give up because Chad would never like us or never encourage us anything other than to give 100%. Eugene? Yeah, man. Um, last night was really hard. Um, again, just like you, uh was driving when Coach Kate uh, called me. I had been out to a practice and I stopped in and got a sandwich and something to drink, got my car and just got down the road and uh, – you know, I, I looked down at my phone, and, and Coach Gates was calling me. And Coach Gates played for uh, Coach Ealing up at um, Providence and um, – I mean, excuse me, Davidson Day. And uh, when I answered, I said, what's up? He said, where you at? I said, you know, I'm, I'm just left. I'm driving. He said, well, uh, I need you to pull over. Hold on. Like, And he said, did you see uh, Chad's message? And I was like, no, 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 I haven't read Chad's message yet. And he said, well, I need you to read it. And I re- when I read it, I just was I just remember just feeling like shocked, like this, I, like almost like I was couldn't move, like I was almost like staring. I pulled into the gas station in Mount Pleasant, and I remember staring uh, ahead of me at a white truck, and it just felt like I was in a tunnel, like I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you and I just got back from Atlanta on Friday. We were going to Atlanta, and we were having a conversation about uh, Chad, which you know people who know him know that. We never called him Chad. It was always chilling for Chad Hilling. Um, and just talking about him. And 
you know, I just I, I I tried to call you. I know you were getting some messages from people and trying to get information, and it just like I I just couldn't believe it. You know, it's kind of like one of those things. Like surely, you know, this isn't a joke somebody would joke about, but I just I could I didn't want to believe it. It was that I, I went straight into denial um, because it was someone who just meant a lot to me personally. That when I was battling some things, some really hard things in my life. He never missed a day from October to about March to call me. And it wasn't always about football stuff either. It was, you know, some of it was, and then some of it was just about life. And, hey, I got you. Hey, I talked to somebody else. You know, I talked to somebody about you today. Uh, I just want you to know that, you know, it's going to be okay. We all got this. We're all, you know, we're all here for you. We're all going to get through it. And, you know, I'm, as soon as I get there, you know, we're going to hang out and go get something to eat. Um, you know, and then he – you know, started on Fridays, on Friday game days. He would always call me 345 because I would send him the schedule and he would know that at 340, typically 330, 340, I would pull out with the truck, you know, headed to the game with the trailer. So he knew I was already in the truck. So 345, he would always call me, you know, just say, hey, I was looking over at some film with this other team. And, you know, it always kind of gives him advice. And then again, Saturday morning, about nine o'clock, I was back at the school and he would always call and kind of look at the you know the film and stuff that happened and was like always giving advice and it was always nice advice you know he was always going yeah i can see this and i'll never forget right before the lower state championship against barnwell man he <laughs> he was uh, he was kind of like the dude at the eyes in the sky he just looked over everything reviewed everything was just kind of giving advice and the next morning when everybody was kind of had their feelings hurt and headed to the school he called to say hey man lift your head up y'all y'all did big things with when nobody else thought you could with, with guys that sometimes other, other schools didn't want. Keep your head up, man. You'll get them. Keep your head up. Program's in the right direction. You know, and I know he had had some interest in, you know, trying to move back here and having some involvement with the team and stuff like that. Uh, and then he had also expressed that same interest to um, Coach Greer up at uh, Providence State at the new school and, and being back up there. And um, I remember the day he moved back up to Myrtle Beach. You know, he and I, I think I told you, you know, he was happy his very first day up there. He took Izzy and uh, Hunter fishing, and he texted me and called me with pictures of the bass and wanted to know if I thought they were safe enough to eat because they caught him from a pond in the neighborhood and was just kind of joking about it. He's just really rubbing it in that he was fishing and I was working. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it's tough. It's tough to know that. Um, I guess there's a lot of regret because you never know, man. If, I, I just feel like if you check on people, you know, you love ones more. You know, maybe maybe you could see something, hear something, catch something. I don't I, I don't know, and that's what I was de- dealing with last night. A lot of regret. Um, but you know, Hunter Hunter sent me a very uh, nice message last night, um, and that was, "Hey, man, I, I, we're all hurting, and I know. I just want you to know that my dad." considered you one of his best friends and I was just like you know I, was, I appreciate these things and I just said you know I, I love you too man because and everybody kind of teases when I say that to you but I think I actually got that from him um from chilling you know when we get off the air sometimes I say I love you brother you know and it, because that's how it, like you said that's how he always ended the phone calls and at a time where I needed some 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 folks in my life uh you know he was there you were there uh, I never went for a day without talking to one of you too uh, and we all know each other really well. Um, and so it was kind of a, you know, a triad of dudes where you two helped me get through some things. And, um, you know, I kind of felt like, wow, you know, I'm not going to be here to, I wasn't here or I'm not going to be here to help him. But 
I think at the end, I, I, you know, like Hunter said, you know, I think he's going to be looking down. I told Hunter, I said, man, the Dev's the biggest fan. He never missed a conversation. No matter what he was calling me about or we talked about, you know, it was about Hunter hit 96 on the gun. Hunter stood at one end of the end zone on the football field and threw a ball through the uprights on the other end. And then, you know, sometimes he would just call me and talk to me about my kickers, and he always wanted them to work with that guy um, that used to play with the Steelers up in Charlotte. And he kept saying, you know, my brother Doug, my brother Doug was a kicker with the uh, with Wake Forest, man. All we got to do is make that call and get those kids trained with them. So, you know, it's just always something, man, whether it's fishing, life, food. I know he talked about you and me and him getting together over here and cooking food. There's always something just positive. It's always positive with him. You know, he rarely – I know sometimes he had some gripes with a couple of people in his life and past life, but he never really talked about that kind of stuff. It was always positive. And so uh, I'm going to miss that positivity because I, I know who I am. I know I'm not always positive, not when I should be. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to have that extra positive person kind of in my ear when I need it. And that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I said earlier I'm going to set an alarm in my phone every 345 on a Friday or whatever day we play a football game because I'm going to need that, I'm gonna need that reminder that it's going to be okay. You know, we're going to take these kids in the battle, and we're going to come out a winner that uh, they've been prepared. And um, I, I'm just going to – I've already said I'm going to do that. Every time Every time I go to a football game or whatnot, I'm going to set my alarm for 345. I'm always going to have that memory of Chad. So, anyway, um say right now about that, bud. Well, I tell you, man, it's uh, – you know, it's been a hard thing. And, and, and there was a time where last night I, I thought before – uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, by myself kind of figuring some things out. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I won't, maybe I won't do tomorrow's show. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll pay tribute and homage to him and, and not do that show. And I woke up about 3.30 this morning and I heard him tell me, Dagomit, you better do that show. So, Dagomit, we're, we're going to do this show. We're going to do a great job with it. Um, you know, it's hard to hold these tears back, but we will do this for the remainder of the show. We will celebrate. We will, we will celebrate his, uh, his life. We will celebrate what he means to uh, not only Southern Sports Central, but, but each and every person that he crossed paths with, uh, because he deserves that. He, he was a, uh, he meant so much. He meant so much to so many guys. And, and the one thing I want to leave you with this before we go to break, because we do have to head back and Jay Williams, the, uh, the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Ball Association is going to join us next guys. But, you know, life is so much greater than any game that we'll ever play. Uh, there, there's so much more to what we do every day. And, and, and I get it. I get the pain and, and the pain and, and the pain. And I get all that. But slow down. Answer that phone call. Reach out and give them their flowers today. Do not wait to give somebody flowers once they're coming and gone because they don't see them. Their flowers are for us. Their flowers are for you. They're not for the person that's sitting there. It's just not the way it works. So what we'll do is we'll take a break. We'll take a quick minute, a moment of silence. And um, when we come back, we'll, we'll get back to talking some football, which is what Chad would want us to do. He would want us to keep moving through, to keep pressing on, brother. He would tell me that all the time. Press on. Move forward. This is a tribute song to my brother, our brother. And anybody listening, he would have loved to call you friend. Chad Greer, Chad Gilling, excuse me. Thank you.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Sheldman, Eugene Benton. We are coming to you from Somerville, South Carolina, from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Again, paying homage and respect to a brother of ours who was called home way too early uh, in the last 24 hours, we believe. Um, just yesterday, found the news that as of uh, yesterday, uh, Chad Ealing had become an angel, looking over not only his son, Hunter, and his daughter, Izzy, but his brother, Doug, who is a, a coach up at Sacasi and plays multiple roles up in that community, along with tons of family and friends that he'll continue to look over. And that song, that song right there was about as perfect. When I, if I had to describe Chad Ewing, that song would be the perfect song. So with that, we're going to continue to move on and, again, celebrate the life of the man who encouraged us all just to be better today than yesterday. And we'll start off, well, let's go to the commissioner. Why not? Jay Williams is the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Jay, what's up, buddy? Good wet Thursday afternoon. The rains have started to fall, buddy. 
Yeah, it's, it's coming down, Richard. Um, but doing well. How you doing, brother? Well, we're trying to get through. We lost a, a dear friend just yesterday. The news broke. You know, uh, you, you saw the news on social media, of course, reached out. But uh, we, we just another day, man. We're going to try to get better today than yesterday, man. We're just glad that you're safe. I hear the windshield wipers going back and forth, and, you know, we're, we're here to talk about what's new in the uh, South Carolina Youth Football Association, why we try to grieve a little bit through the sadness. Well, yeah, my, my deepest condolences out to both you and his family, um, all his close friends. I know that's grieving during this time. Um, but what is new as far as the South Carolina Youth Football Association is we're going to play football this year. Uh, it's a definite goal. Uh, we made, met this past weekend and we decided we're going to stand and make a decision and we're going to start on the original start date. Well, not the original start date. The start date we had of September 12th with the high schools originally pushed it back to. And we'll start from there the first two weeks. You know, of course, the high school's not playing, so we won't follow a high school schedule. And then when they start back up, we'll pick up, you know, with their schedule if they keep their date at what it is now. Um, if not, you know, then we'll just continue with our season that is and then look to – follow them more on their schedule basis next season. Uh, but hopefully they don't push back anymore so their young men are playing as well. Uh, but we are definitely going to kick off. Um, Jamborees are September 5th. We separated the teams at many different locations to help practice social distancing. Uh, so it's not one big facility where we had a Jamboree like before. And September 12th, uh, we'll be kicking off. We're live right now with the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We made a partnership early in the summer that we were going to cover these games, and we will be covering the game of the week on Saturday. He will tell us that is the commissioner will tell the broadcast crew where to go. You'll hear it live right here on Southern Sports Central. We'll highlight an athlete not only on the football field, but that athlete in the cheerleading squad. And they will have to be a scholar, I believe, is what we're going to be pushing as well on the classroom as on the football field as well. Is that right, Commissioner? Is that how we're going? We want to do both. You know, you want to highlight an athlete on the field and then one academically and then, of course, the cheerleaders as well. Uh, so right. you get – so you get uh, – and hopefully that um, scholar, that the academic scholar is the same one that you're highlighting for his play on the field as well. How great would that be? I mean, the guy that goes out and scores three touchdowns with straight A's in the classroom. Yeah, that would be kind of what we're looking for. Yeah, I I agree with you. And and that's kind of what we're hoping for. That's what we're leaning to. Because I'm going to tell you something. These athletes coming out of school now, and I'm seeing some of these grade point averages, and I've got to be honest with you, in the majors that they're looking to go after, uh, it's all impressive from the beginning of our conversation with a lot of these young men and women that are graduating just last year. We'll be graduating this year. Of course, we we highlight a lot of the guys in the high school level. We, We do that, but we figured why not? Let's go back to the to the grassroots, to the to the pipeline, if you will, to everything that we talk about on Friday night. And it starts with Jay Williams and his crew. And, and by the way, man, I, I got to give it to your coaches, to your uh, volunteers, to the cheerleading coaches. I'm seeing all this activity on social media, and I'm thinking, man, it is, uh, it, it's full throttle over there with these guys and girls, right? I mean, I see a lot of activity with preparation, getting ready. And it, it, it is, I hate to say all gas, no brakes, but definitely uh, you guys are in go mode. Yes, once that decision was made, I think everybody just, like you said, 
all gas and no brakes, putting the pedal to the metal. We have a direction now, and that's where we're going. And um, had a couple of new teams going um, out in the Columbia area because of that decision that we made. And the league is just growing. Like I say, you see it advertising social media constantly and everything like that. So, I mean, I think it's great that we were in agreement to come together and let's put this season on for these kids. Um, I mean, we're talking thousands of kids that will participate in this league this year. And if we didn't make a decision, what would we have for these kids to do as an alternative is the thing. Um, you know, schools are pushing right now that they're probably not going to go back every day if they are going into school. Uh, and then you take away athletics from them as well. Like, what did we have planned for our kids to do then, if that was the case? So I'm glad I had a lot of people with like minds of myself that felt like this was needed. And let's go ahead and play football. Now, you know, with a lot of us dealing with the high schools that, uh, you know, if they don't have football or don't use, allow us to use the facility because they're not using them, then we – have alternative fields that we are locking in now where we can play games at. And so we're going to have a season, brother. We're going to give these kids something to do. We're going to keep our young men and and women active and not just sitting at home playing video games and, you know, bettering themselves. I I think it's good for their mindset too, Jay. Commission, I think it's a great mindset for them because – uh, again, sitting around, I can understand that. It, it does start to wear and tear you a little bit mind-wise. You start to – you need that interaction and, and you yeah, need that conversation. And really, for say, the young kids. I know that we talk a lot about the older kids, but this is a very crucial, crucial point for the youth, for these guys and girls in the age groups that you guys have in your care right now because this is, is the time that you're really building not only foundation on the field, but you're building – certain things that they're going to learn off the field or they carry from the field to off the field as well. Yes, and athletics, and not just football, athletics in general, it teaches you a lot of things. Um, Let's say a sport, uh, a team sport, athletics, um, chemistry, how to work with people, where you're going to need when you become adult in the adult world. You have to learn how to work with people. Um, It teaches you discipline in a lot of sports. Um, so these are characteristics that these young men and women learn through sports. And if we are taking that away, I mean, there are, there are other avenues to learn these things. Uh, I'm not saying they're not, but sports is one of the most influential ways for them to do that. I agree with you 100%. As we're live right now with the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams, joins us, as he always does on a Thursday afternoon, a little bit more of a wet afternoon than what we've had on Thursdays before. But nevertheless, uh, we're always excited to get uh, the coach, the commish, in here with us on a Thursday. Now, let's talk some other stuff. Now, I always like getting your side of things because, again, you're a football guy. You also do a lot of things over there with the uh, the Wolverines over there with Woodland. Now, with that being said, how are things up there at the Wood? How are you guys preparing? I, I know you guys haven't stopped practicing. You guys have been going here because of where you're located and the safe uh, spots. If the numbers are down, you're able to take advantage of it. How are things going up there at Woodland and uh, the growth and, and just getting after it, practice after practice? Now you guys are under, what, 1.5 right now? Yes, yeah, so we're stage 1.5. And it's, it's going fairly well. Um, 
it's a little adjustment process because, I mean, stage 1.5 has never probably been done before. Uh, just just all the restrictions that are with it. Uh, kids having to stay in a particular group, can't mix up. So you, I, I think it has to adjust quickly or we're going to see a lot of sloppy football because it's making it hard for these coaches to right. coach. I mean, you, you can't get reps with this unit because I didn't group with this unit at first. And I can't see how this kid interacts when he's playing with this kid. You can't read like, teaching defense like you can't read the offense because they can't be out there while you're out there. It, it's just extremely difficult. But we're working. We're doing the limited stuff that we can do, and what everyone else on stage 1.5 can do. But it's extremely difficult. Live right now with the commissioner. He is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's one of the coaches up at Woodland High School. That's right outside of St. George. And uh, to be honest with you. You know, uh, football has got to be in this guy's blood, and a permission slip has got to be signed from the wife. Man, you're never home. I mean, she's had to enjoy having you <laughs> home for a few days. But i got to be honest with you. If you took a poll, I know the parents want the mamas out of the house. But I bet you, I bet you a lot of these wives are excited to have you guys go back to football fields and go back to work, huh? I'm pretty sure she is. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure she is excited not to have me here all the time. But, yeah. Uh, it's tremendous to have her be supportive to know that, you know, football season is football season. Um, like you said, I'm very seldomly going to be home. It's always football. I mean, it goes from work, high school practice, youth practice, then home. And that's normally the process, Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, coaches meeting and stuff like that. So, yeah, football is everything, everyday thing from this time of year up until the season ends on both levels. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, the rule of thumb is easy. Oh, yeah, but the rule of thumb is easy, uh, Kamish. All of my buddies, we understand this. You don't get married between July and February. You can. Right. But the chance of me (laughs) making an appearance there, well, I can Zoom now because Zoom has become a thing. But before Zoom, it wasn't happening, brother, because that's just the way it is. Now, talking about some changes. Now, Eugene and I have done a little research, and we think about, well, what if? We like to play the what-if game here sometimes. And what if, what if these teams outside of the norm decides that they will get together and they will all of a sudden put together, well, their own teams? Because they, the Big South decided they're not playing their conference games. The Southern Conference today decided they're not playing their games. But there's enough teams here within the state of South Carolina that they could play one another. Now, does that mean that, Furman couldn't play Wofford, and Wofford couldn't play the Citadel, but if it's not a conference game, it's just a football game, it just wouldn't be a sanctioned Southern Conference game. But what if they brought in Wofford, the Citadel, Newberry, North Greenville, Charleston Southern, and a few other teams from around? Of course, Erskine, they just started their thing. How cool would that be? And then they would have a belt. We'd get with our guys from the South Carolina, you know, the Blitz, the fellas up in, in the other state, to make them a belt. And we could have one heck of a battle. Wouldn't that be neat? You'd save a lot of gas. You'd be great for recruiting. And it would still get, well, an opportunity for these athletes to be, well, competing. I think it would be a lot better than them trying to find some of the Power 5 guys to fill in some schedule time. Because, really, how much work are you getting in when you go out there and lose them by 40 or 30 points? Because every once in a while they win. But, realistically, I think they have a better chance of being a more 
productive situation, not to mention how big would it be for our state to keep all these teams in-state to play one another since their seasons have been all the Kansas. That is a tremendous idea, and that thought never really crossed my mind, but a thought that has always crossed my mind is why have these teams have not been in the same conference anyway to start with? Like, that that just <laughs> makes sense to me for a long time, like why they all weren't in the same conference. So maybe they do that great idea that you and Eugene just thought of or thought of, not just thought of, maybe that will persuade them to actually start a conference in the state of South Carolina. And like you said, it minimizes travel. It got to cut down expenses. You got to think you have more attendance because now if I have a kid that goes to Wofford, I know he's playing at um, the Citadel. The the drive is not extensive. I'm going to make my child's game now. I mean, and you can still play a couple out-of-conference games where you still can, you know, test the water against the rest of the sure. states, but – why Why not? Why wouldn't they already been in the same conference playing one another when they're in the same state? I mean, I think sure. that's something that they should look into. I, I agree with you. And I love the idea. And the conversation started yesterday with me and another coach in the in the low country. And, and you know, I want to give him some love, too. Coach Calder and I were, were having this conversation down there at Oceanside. Well, he was at Oceanside. I was up in Somerville. And, and, and it was just one of those back-and-forth things. And then all of a sudden, you know, I mentioned it with Eugene and, and at the beginning of the show kind of broke that ice. And, and I just think realistically, again, let's just put everything in perspective. If they're not going to play, does it do any good for them to jump on Clemson's schedule and lose by 50? It doesn't, unless there's a paycheck. But if, at this point, it can't be about the money. It's got to be about the kids. And everybody, that's their campaign slogan of why we should play. It's about the kids. Well, then let the kids play the kids within the state. Again, it's a lot easier to manage the COVID-19, if that's what we're dealing with, within the walls of your own house, than it is to travel outside of the states. There's enough teams here. We've got teams like Limehouse. They've got a team. Let's just pick up the ball. Let's put it down on the 50, and let's kick it off, and let's see who wins. And I think, quite frankly, I think it could be a win-win situation, but I think it builds a lot of unity within the state. And I'm okay with Florida and North Carolina and Georgia and Texas and everybody else doing it. That's fine. But there's no reason that these young men don't play something. And, again, if they're going to reach out to the larger schools to play, then then that means that, well, they can still play these guys, and it would be a lot more of a competitive game and a better opportunity for these guys to actually have a chance to pick up a win along the way. Right, and even if it's a shortened season, if you if you know if you don't get everybody on board, a six game season is better than nothing for these uh, young men. Um, and you know, and my disagreements on this is for another show is what the Pac twelve and Big Ten have done, and just canceling and said we're going to play football in the spring. We both know that is the if you're all about protecting the kids, that's the most unprotective thing you could have done switch football to the spring, and then you expect to play it again in the fall? Or unless you're going to just have football in the spring moving forward now. But this ain't, you know, high school or a lower-level football. I could see those guys wanting to make that switch, move it to the spring, and then they could probably pick it back up in the fall. But these grown-ups, young adults, taking that beating in the spring and then turn around and playing again in the fall – what are their bodies going to recover? I think there's going to be so much injuries throughout those two conferences if they go through with that. 
Yeah, I agree with you because, you know, in the conversation that I had with a parent inside the Big Ten yesterday, we had this conversation, and and the concerns that they have is that it's a two-week turnaround window between the beginning, the beginning of the combine and the end of that season that's supposed to happen. And it's like Eugene said, and, and we've echoed this throughout, if by chance, if by chance that they're in the top first round, maybe two, maybe even three, they won't even play in the spring. So, again, I, I think that you look at it that way. And then there's the other avenue. Does Ohio State really mean that they're still thinking about playing outside the Big Ten because you heard the commissioner from what Eugene had said earlier, if you leave, you're not coming back here. You know, it's like breaking up with your girlfriend. You ain't got it, you know, whatever, but you don't bring your stuff back up in here because you're going down the street to play with somebody else. And you might want to be careful if you're in the Big Ten threatening people to go other places and don't come back because the SEC says, hey, look, we've been looking to grow a little bit bigger anyway. The Big 12 is like, well, right. we pay back Nebraska. We want them back anyway. So there's just a lot of questions. And I'm going to tell you, you just be careful what you ask for because I know the ACC, hey, they wouldn't mind picking up a few more teams either. So it would be a wild, wild thing. It would be 2020, very, very fitting for the Big 10 to put their foot in their mouth. Next thing you know, their teams be taken apart. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, boy, I tell you what, careful what you ask for. Well, I think it will happen. And if if Ohio State goes through with it, they'll probably – and if they join another conference, they're going to stay in that conference because they ain't coming back, or they'll create another conference. And they'll leave the Big Ten like the Big East got left dry a couple years back. Um, if they get – Penn State, I heard, still wants to play. Nebraska wants to still play. They're talking about going back to the Big 12. You get enough of those powerful teams in the conference to leave, you don't have a conference. Hmm. They can go start their own thing and call it, name it whatever they want to call it. Very true. I mean, they Very the, true. the conference will still have the TV contract, but I'm sure whoever has them will buy them out of that and give it to the new conference at Ohio State and Penn State and Nebraska and whoever else follows it. Because out of the Big Ten Conference, that's what we want to see on TV. We want to see those teams. Right. This is very true. I tell you what, man, 2020 has definitely thrown everything it could at us, and it could be a little bit more coming down the road, and who knows what's going to happen on that West Coast. I mean, they don't play football until 2 o'clock in the morning anyway. Uh, but we'll wait and see. Jay, as always, we're up against the clock here, buddy, but thank you so much. Can't wait. Can't wait to get on the air calling those young guys looking at those big helmets and those little bodies and that helmet leaning back about a 90-degree angle and them giving it all they got is they truck into the end zone and get up a flip in the front and stand there and just smile for the paparazzi. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be there to cover it. We can't wait, Jay. Uh, How do they find you? How do they follow you? How do they keep up with you if they want to get involved with you guys over there to give an opportunity for some sponsorship, buddy? Uh, uh, Social media outlet, STYFA on Facebook. Thanks to my good partner, Richie Altman, on Twitter. We're SCYFA20 <laughs> on Twitter now. Uh, you got me on Twitter world. Um, and, uh, website, SCYFA20.com. Uh, you can always inbox me directly. Jay Williams on Facebook. Uh, 
Ozari Avenues to get in touch with us. Uh, new teams, new players, we want them all. Um, new cheerleaders, everything. Anybody that wants to join, let's make this league as big as possible and do this for these kids. Well, God bless you, your family, uh, your immediate family, who allows you to do all the great things that you do, but your entire South Carolina Youth Football Association, coaches, players, parents, volunteers, anybody who contributes, we say greatly appreciate it. We'll talk here soon. I'll be around this weekend. I know you and I are going to actually finally catch up and grab something to eat. We'll do that. We'll put in some things and get a calendar together as well, brother. As always, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes here on a Thursday evening, buddy. Stay safe and stay dry. All right, Sammy, you're all right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association giving me some love for the Twitter world. That's right. I got him tweeting out uh, all the goods and bads and happy and sads around that youth program. Now, here's the thing. Don't go anywhere because uh, we're getting ready to have a first. That's right. We're heading for the Army. We're going to head over there to the state of North Carolina with a kid who uh, I've seen from a young man to now he's a grown man. And this is going to be a good time as we're going to be joined by former soccer football player, class of 2017. He wasn't the biggest running back, but boy, good luck getting him down because this kid back here can run it as good as anybody. Now he's running for the Army. The United States Army is an airborne infantry over there, of course, uh, doing his thing. So let's take a break. We'll bring in the Army as we come right back and you're listening to Southern Sports. Central live right here on Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter. Yeah, we're over there hanging out too at SO Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're coming right back with our number two. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Mr. Shelton here alongside, of course, Eugene Benton, as we're now going to bring in a young man who is uh, <clears> serving <throat> our country and doing it in fashion, Zach Shear, former soccer sea brave. What's up, big man? How's the Army treating you, Zach? What's up, Richie? Uh, you know, I'm just surviving day by day, you know, still kicking my butt every once in a while. And they talk about taking up them boots and tightening up them laces, man. That gives it a whole new meaning than you did on a Friday night. Of course, Lenore Ryan, I believe, is where you started playing a little college football. Isn't that where you decided to go there, getting out of high school, going into college, right? Yes, sir. I did Lenore Ryan over in North Carolina. Hey, man. I think we actually uh, had on that coach, if I'm not mistaken. We'll get Eugene here in just a minute. Uh, of course, uh, I got a chance to watch you play some football on a Friday night, call that game. Uh, the year that I was there with uh, one of the voices of Sockacy Braves up in the sands, got a chance to meet your family. That was a big honor. But again, a chance to watch a guy like you. I used to think you were like a little Mike Allstott, man. You were a running back that had a lot of will and, and made a lot of way. You had to do your thing. Of course, you started at Myrtle Beach and then came to Sockacy. That was kind of a, a, a fun conversation. As uh, you know, I know that was always fun when you guys played one another, having some of those guys that you grew up playing with in little leagues and even at Myrtle Beach for a little while. But uh, first of all, uh, before we get into the Army conversation, man, Sockacy, that's home to you and me. Of course, our alumni there, we uh, saw Coach Renfro uh, has now uh, has retired, has stepped down. They've got a new AD, got a new head football coach. They've got a lot of new stuff going on 
but we just lost uh, a guy who was one of your coaches on the staff when you were there. We talked about it uh, earlier, gave him a nice tribute song, and, and did some things for uh, Chad Illey. Uh, of course, you, you played with his son, uh, Hunter Illing, where he's your quarterback. He would hand you the ball on Friday nights, and you and him, of course, always going through the drills together. Uh, but I wanted to bring you in here for multiple reasons, and, and one of the big ones was that you were a player under Chad Illing. And I want you, from a player's point of view, that kind of give us a player side of things, a guy who played for him, a guy who heard him on, on the weekdays and on Friday nights. Uh, what was Coach Illing to you? And what went through your mind when you and I connected when I told you the news that uh, the good Lord had called him home yesterday. Um, I mean, it was it was really sad news to see that uh, you know a really good coach and a really good man had passed away. Um, he was, I mean, first off, he was a good father to his son and his daughter, and uh, you know, Hunter's a good guy. He was always looking out for him and looking out for us. You know, we we're almost like his kids too on the football field. Um, but, yeah, he was a really good coach, too, and a good mentor for a lot of young guys, even younger than me, you know, first coming in and stuff, and he was helping them out, you know, from the JV level coming up to varsity. Um, you know, it was it was tough to hear, um, but he was, he was a really good guy. I remember after every single game in practice, he's always come and talk to me and my dad, just joke around and give, us, give me a hug. And we'd always talk about going to get some mozzarella sticks because he'd always be cooking uh, mozzarella sticks and wings at his house. and be like, you coming over, you coming over? Um, but we always had a little standing joke coming over after games and stuff like that on the weekends, getting some uh, some good food and watching football. But uh, you know, the coach he's a really good guy. He's always there. Always you know got on our butt when we were doing wrong. You know, always telling us when we were doing good. But also you know pushed us to uh, you know the unbelievable. You know the impossible that like some people couldn't think we could do. You know pushing us to our limits, making us better players, making us better men. And um, yeah, he's just an all-around great guy, great coach great father and uh you know he's gonna be surely missed down here and you know it's really sad to see what happened yeah of course uh we're live right now and on an army base and i want you to check in with the army base that you're calling us from right now as uh, we're live with zach Shear. he graduated from soccer high school he's uh a soccer brave class of 2017 uh, now, as of right now, he is with the United States Army and uh, with the Airborne Infantry uh, up in North Carolina. Man, tell us a little bit about the Army and, and the base that you're on currently right now serving our country. Um, so I'm at Fort Bragg right now. Um, I've been in the Army for just a little over two years now. Um, I spent nine to nine and a half months uh, overseas in Afghanistan um, being deployed. Um, so I haven't been here as long. Um, I went through basic training at Fort Benning, Georgia, and I went to airborne school there and then came straight here. And, you know, I got that news right as I got to, I got to Fort Bragg, and they're like, yep, you're deploying. So, you know, a few months mm-hmm. of training up and went on deployment for nine months. Um, you know, I, just, I got back this past year. I got this, sorry, this year, uh, back in March, you know, come back during all this COVID and stuff. And it was tough. Um, what was it? I just got back from uh, from leave, going home to see my, fam- uh, my friends and family for the first time. And, a few months because, you know, it's been restrictions and everything going on. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a tough life. You know, the Army is a great opportunity for anybody. Um, it's it's definitely a tough life. I would say definitely know, you know, what you want to choose, like what you want to do. You know, I picked the grunt life because my father did it for 21 years and did all this and that, and I wanted to be like him. And here I am, you know, I've, <laughs> I've deployed, I've done that, it's tough. And, uh, yeah, it shows the grunt life. I'm always in the field and stuff, you know. Always taking the the nit bits of everything, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what it is so far. 
We're hanging out with Zach Shear, former Sockatee Brave running back. He basically play about any position on the field. Again, had the heart of any athlete I've seen and, and the will and everything in the way to get to the next spot. He would do whatever he had to do, dragging, screaming, crying. You ain't lying. This kid would get it done for the Braves. And, of course, then he decided Lenore Ryan would be his place. And then the good Lord said, wait a minute, Zach, that's your plan. I got a bigger purpose. He landed his cat in the Army. And now instead of leading a football team, this cat's leading his brothers and sisters in the Army across the lines. Now, how crazy has it been? And, and, and tell me, uh, where somewhere that you, you said, of course, you were deployed there. And, and I know there are certain things you can't tell us, and that's okay. But what can you tell us as far as a, a moment so far? What's your best memory, uh, the moment that you've had so far in the Army that uh, at this point you always remember as far as your good days uh, over there serving our country, buddy? Uh, I said there's a lot of definitely a lot of ups and a lot of downs in the Army, you know, especially being in and that grant life, um, so to say. Um, you know, some of the best moments I've had is uh, I would say probably – um, maybe in the rear, like here at Bragg, would be uh, being in the field with a bunch of my buddies. And it's tough being in the field for three to four weeks at a time, just nonstop in the rain and the snow, the hot weather. You know, it's all there. <clears throat> but when you get out of the field, you think, oh, man, that sucked. But, you know, those memories with your friends and your brothers and your sisters, you know, those, those are the memories you remember forever. Like, I still remember, like, my first training event with my unit in New Mexico for five weeks for deployment training. And, Man, it was one of the suckiest training events I've ever been about, but it was always the good memories with my brothers having fun. Um, and then on deployment, you know, I guess it would be the same thing. You know, I learned, I learned a lot about myself and uh, a lot about, you know, what I, what I was as a man and the people around me when I was deployed because, you know, there's just, you know, a lot more at stake and a lot more, you know, on the line. You know, it's not like, it's not like in a football game where it's just the, you know, the score, the game-winning touchdown, or the tackle—you know—it's someone's life on the line. It's you know, your brother and your sister to your left and your right, and you're always looking out for them. And um, the best memories, you know, was really—I really bonded really close, you know, in Afghanistan with my buddies because we're always together, you know. No matter what, we're always going to be together in a chow, you know, moving around, doing you know, patrols and missions. You know, we're, I went to like 15. I went to like 15 different places in Afghanistan. Some of them I don't even know because um, we went a lot to known places, but. Um, you know, it was it was definitely a great adventure, you know. I definitely cherish that, um, you know, with my brothers and my sisters on the planet. We're live right now hanging out with a virtual tour all the way to North Carolina for the first time ever on the rounds of Fort Bragg. That's right, that's the Army base with Zach Shear, former Soxie Brave, current young man serving our country in the Army. And I tell you, you remember the days when you were – dreaming about playing college football. You were having a big night. I brought you on the radio, and I said, hey, man, let's talk about some stuff. And I brought you in here, and we did the same thing that we're doing now. I got to be honest, man, I, I didn't see the Army as, as your future, but I got to tell you, man, I was proud of you when you hit the touchdowns. I was excited when I got to call it over the radio, and even more when I got to bring you in on a follow-up call on that Monday afternoon or Monday morning. But, brother, doing what you're doing right now ain't even close just going to touchdown. It's a lot bigger. It's a hell of a lot bigger than what you've ever done in your life. But I couldn't be more proud of you. And I know the man that your family's raised today is what you're doing day in and day out. And there is no days off. It's not like you can't call in sick. I mean, there's songs out there after songs about, you know, pulling up the bootstraps, tightening it down and going to work. If it's raining, guess what? 
you're going to work. If it's snowing, you're going to work. And for the first time probably ever, you've never been part of a sandstorm other than if you went to South Carolina and Columbia. But that's a different type of sandstorm, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but tell me about the sandstorm, man. And, and I, and I want to get back to Soxie a little bit, but i got to give you some, some love here on the military side. Because, by the way, I believe I know that you got to be the first interview I've gotten live on a military base, active duty, young man. Again, uh, knowing you personally since you were in high school and seeing you as a grown man, I tell you, man, I'm super proud of you. But what was it like to go through those sandstorms, man? I mean, what's it relevant to that we could say, okay, well, it's kind of like that, but I don't think there could be anything like that here in South Carolina, right? You talking about like in Afghanistan? Yeah, so, I mean, the weather, I laugh because, you know, when I saw it, you know, you think in the Middle East, a lot of people think, you know, they watch like the Hollywood movies, not college, it's a straight desert, you know, it's, there's nothing there but just straight sand and dirt and just straight, like, there's no vegetation. So, you know, when we got there and, you know, traveled a bunch of places, you laugh, there's, they've got mountains, they've got, they've got beautiful, they've got beautiful mountains and stuff, but of course, it's not very safe going around there, you know, you look like, wow, that looks really nice, or sitting inside of a base and you're looking outside, like, you walk outside your little barracks and you see these mountains, and you're like, wow, that looks really nice. And then, you know, a few seconds later, you know, <laughs> you laugh because you got to a point where, you know, you look outside and it'd be, like, it'd be like such a nice day, you know, it wouldn't be 120 degrees or raining or anything. And it would just be, oh, this looks like a nice day. And we'd always jinx ourselves because then right as we'd say it'd be a nice day, something happened, we got, you know, shot at or, you know, a missile attack or something, which, you know, used to make us laugh because it was something that should like, keep us on our feet. Um, but we used to laugh just because, uh, you know, you think the vegetation area, you know, just the land is just straight desert and nothing. But there's mountains. They had, you know, just nice trees and nice vegetation in certain areas and little villages. Um, not all of it, you know, was nice, of course. But, you know, it's just the sandstorms were pretty, you know, they used to get pretty big and bad there. Um, they used to be very bipolar there. You know, it could be 120 degrees during the day and then it dropped down like 60 degrees at night. And then... You could have one day it's just straight heat, and then one day it's like pouring rain all single day and it's flat. And you're like, what is going on here? I would definitely say it takes a certain type of person to be in the service, be it the Army, the Air Force, or the Navy, because I would never, and I use the word never, ever, use the word laughing and missiles in the same conversation. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you hit, me, you hit me with that when I was like, oh, let me mute my phone real quick. Uh, but, but, but here's the thing. Here's the fun thing. As we go back and forth with this conversation and we talk about what we're doing with here today is the fact that you are putting so much ahead of what you probably want in life. I'm sure that if you could do a lot of things going into the desert, dodging missiles, going from 120 to 60, man, that's, that's a body shock to me, dude. I complain when it goes from 80 to 65, and I'm putting a jacket on down here in South Carolina. You know all about that love, right? You know, we <laughs> got to put on. I grew up right there where you did on the Grand Strand. Man, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a shoe guy. I'm kind of a, I'm a, you know, I'm kind of a flip-flop kind of guy. So if I got to <laughs> yeah. do that, yeah, that, that causes a little bit of problems. But I got to ask you a question, and Eugene's, uh, you know, asking me a few, so I want to pass these uh, things along. So, of course, you say Afghanistan. What part of Afghanistan was home to you while you were across there serving our country? Um, so our main, like, main outpost that we had been out of was, uh, Kandahar. It was, uh, let's just call it Kath. 
Uh, there's Kandahar, Afghanistan. That was on the main post when we first got to Afghanistan, where our normal barracks was. But uh, we were always on missions and staff. I have been to places like uh, Bagram, Afghanistan, Farang, um, Jalalabad. I've just I've been all over. We've been to places that we were doing missions and stuff that you know we didn't even know the names of. We just got on the bird, we got on the Chinook uh, helicopter, and they flew us out there. And we're like, well, we don't know where we're going, but. Here we are. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it's hopefully we're safe. Now, do you go any palaces, man? Do you have a chance to go into any palaces? My brother-in-law, well, now I guess my ex-brother-in-law, but nevertheless, uh, the gentleman that I, I still call my brother-in-law. Anyways, long story short, he was over there, and that was the earlier in the in the in the 90s, and of course that was a, a different time. It was through Afghanistan and went into certain places, palaces, and things like that. Have you had a chance to go into any kind of really neat places and I get there's a there's there's a lot of danger going on but but what type of neat places have you seen that you really never thought when you were sitting in social studies class over at Mr. Baxley's room or whoever you had for social studies at Sockets you read about it but did you realize that you'd be walking on the same grounds that you were reading about through your days at high school oh of course not I definitely never thought I would set foot in in the Middle East ever you know I thought the first place that I would go you know, out of out of the country, out of the states, would be maybe Europe or something. And then I went to Afghanistan, where is where I was. And uh, you know, I didn't get to go. To, we didn't get any places, but uh, a couple places went. There was one. Um, it was a British forces little compound, and it was it was a secret little compound. But man, when we walked in, because it was it was like one in the morning, I couldn't see anything. And we had our nightlights with goggles on. We're walking through. We're looking around, and this place just looks like an oasis. It was just like they had pine trees in there. They had, you know, nice vehicles, like houses in there. And I was like, where are we? <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't feel like Afghanistan anymore. Um, and then another place that we had seen, uh, it was Farah, Afghanistan. And um, it wasn't – we hadn't really seen too much of the city. You know, we've been there just a couple times. But there was probably one of the nicest cities I'd seen throughout Afghanistan. You know, the rest were just like little – Mud villages, you know, just little, nothing big, but they they had a little city in there, and then outside of the city they had you know, a little house, like big little, like, I would say it was probably the wealthier side of Afghanistan was Iraq. They had, like, people with, you know, a couple cars outside their house. Um, they had, you know, in their country having a lot of animals, you know, like goats or cows or whatever they have out there. Like, it's, it's it assumes, like, wealth, you know, and they have a lot of animals out there, too. And so, like, when you see these guys with um you know, animals and just, you know, decent looking houses compared to what you normally would see. It's just, it was a lot different. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, the atmosphere and the culture is just a lot different. It was a lot, it was a lot different to get used to, you know, when we first got out there. Yeah, I can only imagine. Now let's talk weight. Now when you graduated from Sockasee, and this has uh, been a little while, not that long, uh, what was the weight, what was your height going uh, from graduation, walking across that stage, getting that diploma, and where do you stand right now, weight and, and all of that? Kind of check in from your high school days to your days here in the military. Um, so I believe when I graduated it was maybe five, six, five, seven, and I was probably like about seventy. Um, right now I'm at about five eight and playing a buck eighty five. Buck eighty five right now. Okay. I got you, man. So I know they're putting it on you, man. The food. When you go across, it, it, is it what you see? And, again, I've never been in the military, so I don't have any clue. And I've watched a little bit of Top Gun, and I grew up watching Tour of Duty with my father. That was kind of a big movie thing back in my days. And you don't know anything about that life. Of course, that was way before your time. But 
what's the food like over there, man? When you go over there, is it is it as good as your high school food, or is it is it? And I hate to say this out loud, but is it worse than than, than getting that square pizza? Oof, I don't know. I would say the military food on base, it's it's really not that good. I mean, we have certain we have a bunch of cafeterias on base. Like you get one out of maybe five that have decent food. Um. I can't remember which uh, cafeteria we have down here, but they sometimes they'll serve, like, lobster and steak. But then, like, the normal de- cafeterias that are around here are serving, like, mushed beans and, like, Chinese chicken. You only get, like, one piece of chicken and, like, mashed potatoes that have no flavor or anything. It's, like, instant potatoes or something like that. But I will say, though, in Afghanistan, the food in Afghanistan is very good this year, which is super weird to, like, think of because, you know, the people, you know, you have here, you have military coats and stuff. But in Afghanistan, we had, like, contractors. They were, like, people from, like, Nigeria, you know, these contracts they hired and stuff. And the food that they would make was just a certain bases. Not all of it was good, but, like, uh, just certain bases we went to that had amazing food. And I was like, man, why can't we have this back at base? But I would say it's on, it's honestly on base. It's probably about the same as almost high school food. There's still maybe a little more than high school food than a square piece of pizza. <laughs> That's, that's awesome, man. This is uh, Eugene, uh, Coach Benton. Uh, we, I've actually met you a couple times your senior year. Uh, I'm Gerald Shepard's stepdad. I've, I've talked to your dad and you after, you know, some games up there. Um, and uh, a couple things I want to ask. I heard you list some of the bases that you were a part of or, and you've been to. Uh, did you ever uh, go to Restrepo? I know that's kind of a, a infamous, so to speak, Army base here in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, so I know what you're talking about. Uh, we did we did not. Um, Restrepo is one of the bases that they had keeping very small. Um, they hadn't sent out a lot of dudes out there anymore. Um, a lot a lot of what they were trying to do when we got to the end of our deployment was uh, we didn't end up doing it. They, I think they ended up handing off to a 10th Mountain Division. Um, but they were starting to close down a bunch of little FODs and ba- bases all around Afghanistan. And they were only trying to keep, like, certain bigger bases like uh, Bagram I mean, you know, like Bath or Calf um, or Farrar. Right. You know, those are some of the, like the decent sized ones. Um, they had Camp Dwyer, which they had. It was funny because they had a uh, Camp Dwyer, the one that was, you know, one of the best bases we've been at. Used to be really big, and then they they thought they were gonna take it down, and then they shrunk it, and then they were like, oh, well, never mind, we're gonna make this a really big base again. So they ended up destroying half the base just to make it to try and make it bigger. So it was really funny. I don't know if you saw uh, some of the pictures. I know there was a documentary that came out about Restrepo. I don't know if you yeah, saw yeah. any of the pictures of the uh, the 50 mil uh, uh, gun that they had there that, you know, some of the guys would, you know, they'd have to unfortunately have to volley at night, you know, over into the mountainside to kind of get some cover for their guys who are moving around. But on the left side of it, someone scratched in there, and you can just see it in one of the pictures that says, go Gamecocks. I don't know if you're a Gamecocks fan, <laughs> but apparently someone scratched. Go Gamecocks on the left side of that gun. Um, so that's why I was wondering. Maybe it, it had to be a South Carolina guy, I'm assuming, uh, or somebody who you know who's a fan. So, um, uh, and and something else I was gonna, you know, I was asking him about the height and weight versus you know high school and, and your playing days. Um, but you know, and, and I saw you play, you know, that linebacker spot. And you were kind of that minister of the defense, so to speak. Uh, you know, one thing we didn't ask you is, you know, what do you do for the Army? Everybody has a job. Everybody, you know, I think a lot of people who don't have military experience just think, you know, you sign up for the Army and you march all day and stand in line. But you you actually have a, a quote-unquote, I don't want to say nine-to-five, but you actually have a job. 
So what is what is te- your technical job for the uh, U.S. Army? So my job is uh, it's airborne infantry. It's uh, an 11 with airborne contract. Um, so there's a few bases around, you know, so there's uh, Fort Bragg, Alaska, and Italy, and then there's a base in Germany that are, like, airborne units. Um, and, like, if you if you go airborne, if you go through basic and then airborne, like, you're going to go airborne unit. And then infantry is the ground life. So basically, you know, Fort Bragg, um, you know, we jump out of planes here and there whenever they want to see during training events. And then ground life, you know, a little Bravo infantry is, you know, we're the guys that are you know, kicking in doors and shooting, you know, guns ablazing type thing. Yeah, that's why I thought when you said airborne, I was going to ask you if uh, you were a jumper, but you know, it sounds like you kind of have some of that experience. Is uh, is that a little more exciting than the uh, kickoff at the start of a Big Five A football game, jumping out of a plane, hoping that parachute opens up? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day when I was watching. Uh, I believe it was last year, and she watching them play football. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, before every game, I used to get those goosebumps. I used to get like, those little butterflies in my stomach right before that first kick off, or you know, I'd always jump around trying to get my you know blood pumping. Up until that first hit or that first play is when I got that you know that warm and fuzzy, like you know what I'm in the game, I'm in the process, I'm in it. And you know, here you know, jumping out of planes, it's 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 funny because I'm not afraid of heights, but jumping out of a plane is just a whole different story. And you know, when you're jumping out of a plane with a hundred pound rucksack between your legs, you know, I'm five seven, I'm. I'm five seven five eight. I've got a hundred pound right between my legs. I've got like a, a you know a fifteen pound gun on my right side of my leg or my left side, my left side. You know, I've got a parachute on my stomach. You know, I've got like a fifty pound parachute on my back. Like it's just it's nuts. You know, you're, and what happens? You know, you're sitting in it for like two hours before you even jump. So you're sitting in this parachute and this you know all this weight and it's you know it's just holding you down and you're cramping. You're just like oh my goodness. Get me out of the plane. Just let me jump. Just let me do it. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, you know, they'll make us, you know, the Air Force. I wanna, I feel like the Air Force hates us off. It's like when we have to walk out to the bird, usually, hopefully, it could be, the bird can be, like, right outside the ramp or we can just walk out to the bird and be right there. The Air Force is like the park. The plane's like a mile away. So you're walking with all this way. Like, oh, my gosh. It almost like a bunch of penguins walking out of the plane. Um, but yeah, it's up until, you know, you're getting in the plane, you're sitting there, you're like, oh my goodness, like, it sucks jumping, but you're like, just get me out the door, just get me out. And once, you know, they have this thing that's, you know, you count to 6,000, and that's when your parachute should open, and it's things obviously you pull your reserve, but all you're counting yourself, like, just let me get out the plane, just let me get that six seconds, let my parachute open, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be the longest six seconds of your life, but, uh, you oh, mentioned, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you mentioned last chance, you, what was it like, uh, season two, seeing one of your, uh, former teammates on, on the show and now that it's on Netflix and everybody's like, Hey, I know that guy. It was, uh, it was definitely pretty cool. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, like watching someone that you know on here, like, wow, I actually know that guy. And, uh, it's, it's funny. Cause now, you know, I know like now we've got like Hunter run from the NFL and, um, like Brian Edwards, who, who I played against at Canada, man, I used to laugh when Coach yeah. Ewing was like, you know what, you're going to play against this guy. And I'm like, you want me, a 5'7", 170-pound guy, to go against 6'6", 220-pound receiver? All right. <laughs> yeah. I laughed. Cause what, what, I just, what did he do in the first play of that game? I think he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, boy. So, I remember that yeah. game well. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, um, it's funny. And then, like, you go, like when, I, when I was playing with uh, Lenore Ryan, I, uh, one of my really good buddies, his, uh, he's playing for the Patriots now, Kyle Douglas. <laughs> 
and mm. um, he, mm-hmm. he went to Moore Ryan. You know, he's about to be in the starting lineup for uh, the Patriots. You know, it's, it's really cool to see people you know and that you've worked with and been around with, and you're like, wow, you know, I'm glad that they're, you know, making themselves better and get up there. Well, I'll tell you, if, if you go back to season two on uh, Last Chance You, I think it's episode six, there's a guy that gives an opening speech. Uh, he gives the pregame talk, man. I, I know that guy. And it was a great speech. There's a phone that you can see that may have uh, – there may have been a brand-new iPhone busted. I'm just saying, that, you know, uh, that's a pretty good speech. That's all I want to leave. Um, and I yeah, know that sure. guy pretty well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, hey, uh, you know, speaking of Lenore Ryan, um, so, you know, we were talking about Gerald earlier. He actually signed with Notre Dame College up in, um, sure. in outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, that head coach, Coach Jacobs, uh, actually is now – the head coach at Lenore Ryan, man. When uh, your service days are up, and if you you know still feel like you can ball, man, we you know Coach uh, Jacobs has been on the show. He calls the show, so uh, you know we might can set that up. Uh, you know whether it be the uh, football or uh, you know the GI Bill, whatever it takes, man. We can probably get you back on the field. And don't say it's never happened because the University of South Carolina had uh, uh, Pops Tim Pops Frisbee, who did his 20 years in the Army retired and still suited up for an SEC game as a wide receiver. So it can still happen, oh, yeah. brother. Yeah, I, uh, I was just thinking, I was talking to uh, Rich earlier, and I was, I was laughing. Uh, we were talking about what I was going to do, you know, if I was going to go for the full 20 years, man. So my contract ends next, uh, I believe, next August or July or something like that. And, you know, I, you know, we'll see if I stay in or not. But I was laughing to myself because, I mean, I, I look at myself compared to what I was in high school, and I'm just like, I laugh because all my buddies do in Afghanistan, we play football every once in a while, just joking around. And I would laugh because, you know, the plan, like, dude, you, sh- you should have stuck to college football. And, you know, because I, I laugh because now I look at myself being 21 now compared to myself at, you know, 17, 18 years old as a football player. And I laugh because I'm stronger, I'm faster now. Like, I think when I was in Afghanistan, we were, you know, getting big, you know, lifting and stuff. I benched, I think my max bench there was 350. Um, my max squat was like 475, um, and then I had like deadlift was like 470. So like I, I was hitting some big weights there. I was still running. I was running like a two mile in like 13, 14 minutes. So I was, you know, I felt like I was like, man, I could, I could still do this. And uh, I thought about, you know, if I did decide to get out, I thought about uh, staying in North Carolina, going back to school, um, playing ball again. I've looked at, you know. Uh, Appalachian State, Lenore Ryan again, uh, Western Carolina. Well, brother, i got to tell you one thing. Richie here back with you. We're going to wrap it up. But uh, wherever you go, whatever you do, you're going to do amazing things. You continue to, to not only impress me, but all of us alumni, because you're part of that alumni group here at Sock and Steve. Of course, uh, we are live right now on the base of Fort Bragg up there in, up there in North Carolina with uh, – Mr. Zach Shear, of course, he graduated playing football over there with the Soxie Braves back in 2017, currently airborne infantry with the United States Army. And, again, I can't tell you enough, man, this means a lot to me because we don't just love you guys when you're playing the game of football here at Southern Sports Central, brother. We love you all the time, and we love you even more because the guys like you, we get to do what we get to do here on Southern Sports Central. And here, coming up after you, I'm going to be checking in uh, up there in the upstate of Malden. I've got uh, Coach Washington coming in after you, Zach. But I want to say, man, much love to you. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. And if there's anything you need, man, give me a shout. I'll make a ride up to the uh, the 17, and, and I'll catch up with you up there in North Carolina. But hang on. I'm going to mute you. I want you to listen to this song. This is a tribute to you. 
and all your brothers and sisters for all that you do to protect us here in this country, the United States of America, brother. Love you, man. Mean it. Stay safe. Thanks for being a part of the show, and uh, we'll catch up off the air here after the uh, show is over, my man. Uh, I love you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on the show, and it's great talking and catching up with you guys. You got it, man. Don't hang up yet until the end of the song. Enjoy this as you, uh, gotcha. you've you earned it because, uh, well, he's serving the country. He's doing it day in and day out. There are no off days if you're in the military, my friends. If it's raining, you're going to work. If it's not, you're going to work. So we got to go to break because we got to bring in a big-time defensive coordinator up in the upstate of South Carolina in Malden is in the house. And to do that, we got to hit this break, guys. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. We support those who support us, and the military does it in style, guys. Don't go anywhere. everybody. I'm Rich Yaltman alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. That, of course, the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. I want to thank our last guest as we were all the way virtually hanging out on Fort Bragg in North Carolina with the one and only Zach Shear. Of course, he is currently in the Army serving our country, making sure that we get those days that we get and the nights that we get peacefully without worrying about things coming over top. So we want to thank all of our men and women for all that they do. A lot of these guys we're athletes in high school. Yeah, we don't forget about you guys. Much love to you now. We head up to the upstate, and this segment brought to you by Gurns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can reach them by phone at 843-873-2531, or you can find them on the World Wide Web doing their thing at GurnsPharmacy.com. And just like that, we're in Malden. That's right. We're in the upstate up there with the defensive coordinator, Coach Washington. What's up, Coach? Coach, you got are you over there with us, buddy? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So we got everything connected. Yes, sir. How's it going up there in Malden? You guys just coming off the football field, huh? Uh yeah, yeah. We had uh had practices, you know, it's great to get back out there on the field and uh obviously, you know, safety is a major concern, so we're doing everything we can to make sure we're socially distant. No doubt about it. I tell you what, it's got to be good. 1.5 is better than 0.0 because there's still some dudes out there not touching anything. Field, ball, it doesn't matter. Nothing's happening in a few counties across the state of South Carolina. What was it like? Uh, did you guys start, I believe, Monday, right? So Monday was the first day. Kind of walk us through uh, getting back after it after you guys were away for so long, Coach. Oh, well, you know, um, 
Malden's such a big school. It's uh, the largest school in Greenville County, uh, one of the top um, schools in the state. Um, so basically we have like four different groups, and we're all like rotating. So we have one group um, of seven, uh, normally like seven to eight, and uh, we all have groups. We have enough coaches on the staff to where um, everybody is have, have their own position groups, and we're just going through things like 40 minutes in the weight room, and then we'll go down to the practice field. That's for the varsity kids, and then um, your JVs and your and your C teams. They'll they'll roll in um, for um, after we swap uh, from the weight room to the practice field, and they'll roll in. So we'll go from three to four fifty, and then the, uh, we'll swap out from five to seven. We're hanging out in the upstate right now as we've left Fort Bragg, and now hanging out on a different base, and that is. The Malden, the Mavericks, as these guys look a lot like the Longhorns, but they are the Mavericks. I'm proud to be that. I tell you what, they are very intimidating coming out of that uh, tunnel, if you will, as they get ready to ball out here in the 2020 season. And it's going to be ran by a really strong defense. And I'm telling you what, uh, Coach Washington, you not only run the defense, you run a certain position on the defense. Kind of give us the role and, and, and give us the background. Where did you come from? What landed you there? I know the story, but for those who have never met you, Let's give you a proper introduction, Coach. Okay, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I grew up in, uh, we call it uh, District 25, that's the valley. Um, I I grew up there, and from from that area, we're zoned to go 20 to 25 minutes on the school bus uh, to Malden High School. And so um, so I've I've been uh, born and raised in Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I've been at Malden Elementary. I went to Malden Elementary, went to Beck Middle, then I graduated from Malden High. So I'm a Malden Maverick to the bone gristle. Um, I love everything <laughs> about Malden. Uh, Malden has incredible athletes. Everybody tell you know, they ask Coach Neesmith uh, and myself all this all the time, Coach Holesclaw, especially Coach Holesclaw, strength and conditioning coach. He's the GOAT to FYI. Uh, uh, coach Holesclaw has been there, all, it seems like forever. It seems like before dinosaurs. But um, and he's seen a ton of talent and a ton of athletes come through our program. So it's just um, it's good to now see that we're nationally being recognized for the uh, incredible athletes that we have. Now you talk about an incredible athlete, Coach. Uh, I met that incredible athlete, one of the many. I don't want to miss out anybody, but there was one cat. Hey, there that you stood. go, Coach. One of many. One of many. One of many. <laughs> I didn't want to leave him out. I didn't, I didn't want to get. Look, I, I'm trying to bring you back in here. I don't want to upset nobody over there at Malden. I, I know all about you guys up there. But that was the one dude, and, and I remember walking up to him, and you introduced me to the guy, and I had the conversation. It mm-hmm. went really well. And I'm going to get him back in here hopefully Sunday night if, if it works out. And the good Lord willing, we can put that together. But I, I, was just, I was talking to him, and I went back up to him, and I said, young man, don't you now wish you were doing this? And he looked at me and goes, man, you have no idea. <laughs> Introduce that gentleman that I had a chance to meet. And, by the way, the guy he's talking about has got offers all around the country. That's how big a dude this cat is. Tell us who, the, who we're talking about, Coach. Um, if, if you've been up under a rock for the last uh, uh, yeah, couple of months, we're referring to Jaden Lucas, the four-star cornerback, highly recruited, uh, ranked number one corner in the country on uh, some website. Holds, uh, I believe, I'm starting to lose count. I apologize. Like 25 or 26 offers. Um, yes, he was there at the Infinity Camp where we met, and we had a great time talking. And it was a pleasure seeing you down there, FY. Uh, and yes, uh, yeah, it, it was it was holding him back on on a stick 
trying to not allow him to go put his cleats on and compete at the Infinity Camp in Atlanta, Georgia this past weekend. I mean, it was pretty – even the feathers, he's just ready to go. And um, just a great kid. Uh, you know, normally, you know, a kid with, with, with you know, everything that he has before him, um, you'll see ego, cockiness, arrogance. It's the complete opposite. It is the complete opposite. And obviously that starts at home. So he has incredible parents, great kid, um, a, a, a better person, and um, he's a great leader for our team. We're lucky to have him. Yeah, you got a lot of dudes over there. Who else do we need to uh, – and I got Eugene, by the way, over there at SO Sports Central copying every bit of this interview. So if you're missing a quote, you can go back over there and follow it and find it because we're going to chart yep. it down. But, uh, Coach, who else do we got? that we need to get, get get on the lens. I like to say what kind of dogs you got, but y'all don't have any dogs. You guys, y'all got some Mavericks. Who are some of those Mavericks over there? All right, so some of our Mavericks, uh, you got to start next with Deuce Caldwell. Um, he's the 2022 uh, three-star safety. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's he makes the team go. I mean, so much energy, so much life. And uh, he, he is a great leader. Um, everybody knew that. Deuce was going to be a great leader, and he's going to be great for Malden from his D team days where he was just – I mean, he was shattering a record, which I didn't know they were keeping, um, keeping um, track of D team records. I found that out at the end of the season that he had scored like like freaking 20 touchdowns. So um, we, we knew we had something special with him. Uh, Deuce is a phenomenal athlete, great grades. Um, he currently holds two offers, uh, Ole Miss and uh, Liberty University. Um ton of other schools have contacted Coach Neesmith and myself uh, inquiring about him. Um, it's just I, 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 I think the COVID, well, I'm not thinking I know, COVID really, really kind of um, um, hurt his recruitment as well as a, a lot of other kids. But uh, I think it really affected him somewhat. But like I told him and like Coach Neesmith has said as well, dude, we got to roll with the punches. we got to get over it. We're not going to worry about that. At the end of the day, you do what you're supposed to do. Everything else is going to take care of itself. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, Jamison Tucker. Jamison Tucker is a three-star uh, wide receiver, uh, virtually unguardable. Um, and he's, you know, iron sharpens iron. He had to go against the number one cornerback, Andrew Phillips, who's an early enrollee at uh, Kentucky uh, for the last two years on varsity. Now he's going to get the number one corner <laughs> again in Tatum Lucas. So um, he's definitely, definitely ready to play. He currently holds, I believe Jameson might have about three or four offers. And um, it, it, he is a can't miss guy, um, three sport athlete, phenomenal athlete, great grades, uh, all region in all three sports. And I think that you know that's in five A, in five A. So that says a lot when you're in a, a region with Dorman, Gaffney, Spartanburg, and Burns, um, and can't forget Hillcrest as well. Uh, so yeah, and then we have uh, George Ford. Uh, I'd like to call him. Uh, uh, the, 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 what I call him? I call him a video game. So I, I have a little controller as his emoji, and I just do it because George just does things that you're like, how did you make your body do that? Like, <laughs> and uh, he makes plays on and off the field. Uh, just a great kid. Then um, Nick Scott, he was one of the guys I believe you got called up with at the Infinity Champ as well. He's on the defensive lineman. Oh, yeah, George is a, a running back slash receiver. Slash, like I said, he's a gadget guy. Uh, and Nick Scott is our, our defensive end, and um, he had a big, big day at the camp as well. So um, and he can go. He's very, very explosive, low to the ground. Great with shooting his hands, not allowing the offensive lineman to get to his body. And he's just a freaking athlete. 
So and, and and many more on top of that. Many, many more. But I tell you what, time. I coach. We you, you, we're gonna give you some homework, man. Between now and Sunday, I need a list. I need a list of guys. We'll start off with the first guy I talk to, that goes to the second guy, and we'll start getting it together as we're live with Coach Washington, Kevin Washington, uh, who grew up right there at Malden. How cool was that to go there? to go through there and then to come back there to be a coach, the same place that he balled out in his days of high school. Now, it's kind of awkward, not really, but it's a lot of fun when you're the defensive coordinator. And a lot of these top-ranked dudes that you mentioned, by the way, his specialty is the secondary. These are the guys that you mentioned, number one in the country, top-ranked in the country, going to great places in the country. Coach, I got to say, man, what's your secret? Uh, uh, We work well together as a staff. Um, that, 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 that's the secret, you know. When, when, when you're allowed to um, come back home, and once again, Coach Holesquall is the goat. Uh, when, when you get to see your former best um, and conditioning coach still, still in the weight room, and and, and giving it everything he has, and, and you know, in the middle of this whole COVID thing, and just you know, and obviously, you know, it, 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 it does something to me every time I see Coach Holesquall. So just it, yeah. it's the tradition of the program. And, and 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 to be able to come back and and, and walk the same halls, uh, you know, that I walked, you know, um, years ago, many many moons ago, and and to see some of the same kids, and, and not to mention the same relationships, family members that uh, we, I graduate together, and their kids are there, and just to be able to give back to your community and your school, and it's a blessing. It is it's a true blessing, and and to be able to get these kids to uh, reach their full potential. And once again, it is, is you know our model is it, is not I as us. So I think we all do a phenomenal job of making sure these kids not only get exposure, but coach them and teach them the right way. No doubt, coach. I tell you what, uh, we're up against the break here, but I do want to get you back in here. I do want to get the head coach in as well. But but you do a hell of a job representing the Mavericks and Monin, and I, I thank God that he crossed our path. Uh, not just at at the camp in Atlanta over at the Infinity Camp, but also in Columbia where it started, and it kind of trickled all the way over. And I look forward to continuing this bond. And we're going to make a road trip. We're going to go check out this campus this year, given uh, the the, the creek don't rise and the Lord doesn't give us another day. uh, That would be the only thing that would stop us. Now, the one thing I would like to say before I send you out is I'm going to get in touch with the guys at Huff across the border over there in North Carolina. I got a feeling. And I got a pretty good feeling that game, that might be a heck of a battle between a great team in North Carolina and a great team in South Carolina. And it would be a lot of bragging rights. Uh, who's better in the North or the, uh, the South Carolina side, you know? Well, I'm going to go ahead and take the record straight. We're about to rise. Yes, sir. This would be fun. <laughs> We're going to have, hey, I'm a South, I'm, I love South Carolina. I'm eight six four to the bone gristle as well. So everywhere I go, when I see my South Carolina kids, when we do well, I make sure it's known. So just know okay. South Carolina won't disappoint, and we're going to hold the state down. Well, I'm going to tell you what. We represented the state well at that infinity camp. I'm going to catch up with you off the air, but I'm going to get you back on the air with me. Uh, and, and what I may do, if it's okay, I'll let you come in here with us on Sunday and bring in some of your dudes on the defensive side, and then we'll work later to get some offensive guys. And we'll kind of make it a Malden type of afternoon. We'll put some stuff together between now and then, Coach. But God bless you, man. I appreciate this friendship. I look forward to it continuing uh, to grow, helping me and helping Eugene and helping Southern Sports Central chase this dream and getting into the hallways as we now join 
the Malden hallways. We got to get some swag, by the way. Uh, I played against you guys in my days <laughs> in high school. I went to Soxie. That looks like the Longhorns. I'm well aware that y'all play football, but y'all got some pretty daggum good baseball over there too, buddy. <laughs> ton of athletes. We have a ton of athletes. It's a great program in the great school. No doubt. Coach, God bless you. Take care. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for hanging out tonight. Right, we talk. look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely appreciate the opportunity and look forward to talking to you very soon. You got it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure catching up with the coaches around the great state of South Carolina. That was the one and only Coach Kevin Washington. He is the defensive coordinator and the secondary coach over at Malden. These guys, again, you heard the talent. And I interviewed a bunch of those dudes just over the weekend, and I can't wait to catch up with them one more time. Again, hopefully the season's going to do what it needs to do, and we'll continue to just get better. Now, we pick up the bus and we head a little bit towards, I think it'd be this way. I'm trying to think geographically where Malden and Greer is located, but we are going to head to the front campus of Greer High School, and now we are joined by Jalil Skinner. He is class of 22. He is a four-star wide receiver. He is a 17, count them up, 17 big-time offers. He just got one the other day from where? The U. So add the U to the list. Miami has come calling as far as offering this young man an opportunity to further that education and play some football along the way. What's up, Jaleel? How's life up there in Greer, buddy? Are you there, Jaleel? Wait and see if we have the young man from Greer, South Carolina. Going to give him one more shot here as we're going to try to get him connected to us as we're coming live in the upstate to the lower state. Uh, Jaleel, we got you, buddy. We'll try to get him to call back in here in just a minute. Eugene, I'll bring you back in. I know I got your 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 mic is hot as well, but, uh, man, I love the excitement of Coach Washington. Man, it was an exciting exciting opportunity to get him in here talking about his great dudes. Yeah, man. You know, I just uh, messaged him and the uh, head coach. I was like, look, guys, if you want to come on here and bring on all these studs and uh, all all these athletes and promote the program, at least hook us up with some Longhorn gear, man. So, uh, to be determined, I haven't heard back from him or the head coach on that. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, hey, look, if if we're going to spend every other week at Ridgeview, I want some Jumpman stuff. Give me a shirt, man. Give us a hat. Those, they're, they're, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Their Longhorn gear looks pretty stout. But uh, I think we now have Mr. Jalen back on. If you want to uh, open up the mic here, it uh, looks like he is in yep. the click. All right? All right. Let's see. All right, Jaleel, we got you, buddy. You with us? We're not getting them here for some reason. I'm not sure whether we're getting a bad connection here. We're uh, trying to connect with the young man. He is a four-star receiver just recently. By the way, just recently picked up an offer from the U in Miami. Uh, the young man, again, uh, looking to do great things, and he's going to take his time. Oregon is on his list. LSU is on that list. He's got a ton of big-time offers, and uh, I guess we'll give it one more shot. and see. Uh, Jaleel, can you hear us, buddy? It may be a bad connection. I'm going to try to get him to, to, to call another way. But, uh, Eugene, I'll get you back in here, buddy. But, uh, yeah, again, that's, that's, that's live radio for you. You know, we'll try to work around it. But, again, it's to get the young man in here and, and hopefully have a conversation before the top of the hour, Eugene. 
Yeah, no doubt. And also uh, add in Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just offered as well. So I don't even know. The last time we talked to him, uh, he was trying to count in his head when I asked him how many offers he had. But, you know, hey, if, if you're a parent, if you're an athlete, if you're a high school student, whatever it is, um, and you're looking forward to your future, to be able to just know that you have the opportunity to go to 30, whatever, 40, whatever it is, of the top institutions in this country, free of charge, never have to worry about a dime, man. What a blessing that is. And, you know, when we talked to him about it, you know, everything, you know, last time we had him on, he was very, he, you right. know, he was all smiles, very humble. He was just like, you know what, I'm still got, I still have this to work on. He talked about his routes. He talked about his hips, being able to come in and out of breaks. There are so many things that, you know, he listed more things that he had to work on than he was good at. That says right. a lot well, we got him with me now, actually. So he's, he's, we oh. found a, a way around it. So I do got him in here Perfect. with me. So we are going to head to Greer High School with the one and only, the young man who just picked up not one but two offers, I believe, since our last conversation. And that, of course, was Georgia Tech. That was the U. It looks like the ACC has jumped on board with this big man trying to get him on their campus. So let's head now to Greer. And uh, the one and only, of course, uh, Mr. Four-Star himself, Jaleer Skinner. What's up, Mr. Skinner? How's life in the upstate, buddy? Man, life is great. Just getting home from practice. Yeah, like that word, practice. Practice? Yeah, we like that word, don't we? We didn't think we'd like practice until now, do we? But you like practice now, don't you? I'm loving it. Every minute of it. <laughs> Reminds me of that, uh, you know, football's fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, football's fun. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm glad to hear the excitement. You and I talked earlier today before practice. So what was practice today? And, and again, don't give me no secrets. I don't need to hear any routes that you ran or anything that happened. Look, I just want to know when you got there, and this was day four, right, because y'all started Monday, day four. Yes, man, was it just as exciting as day one, getting back out there with your, your with your buddies? Well, yes, sir. It's nothing like getting out and feel my boys. We got to just do what we do best. All right, so you do what you do best. Now, again, y'all are poised to have a really big season, your class of 2022. And, by the way, I tell you what, state of South Carolina has got some ballers coming out of 21. Holy macaroni and cheese, do we got some big-time playmakers coming out of your class, bro. I'm telling you, it, it is without a doubt, man. You, you don't even have to leave campus to go against some of the other dudes uh, that you're going to be going against on the other side of the ball. How, how fun has it been for you knowing that you're going against some really good competition before you even leave the practice field so that by the time you get to that light on Friday night and that thing cuts on, you're like, you know what, man, I've been going against dude as good as, if not maybe better than the guy that I'm going to see Friday night. I mean, it's, it's great that we have the guys at Greer that we can lean on the good, great, great competition. So when we get to Friday night, it's nothing to us. I mean, it's just like practice. We go out there and we just do what we do best and go uh, beat, beat DB. Now, i got to ask you, man, when you get home, and, and I know you, you, you're not tired because that adrenaline's still pumping a little bit, you know, uh, everything going on. How hard has it been with the heat going on? And, and be honest now, because I understand that's my biggest concern with y'all. Yeah, I am concerned about that other word, the C word that we don't talk about on this radio show. But I'm also worried about that word called humidity, heat, and exhaustion. How hard has it been, and, and how much are you prepared? But I know you've been doing some camping, and I know you've been doing some workouts with a couple of other big-time guys. And one is Coach McGowan, who's going to be joining us at 8.30. Now, that being said, how hard has it been for you, and, and how much of your teammates have you seen it being a little bit different coming out than it has been when you guys were practicing back a year ago in July? I mean, I wouldn't really say it was – it's kind of different because, I mean, we get more of a break. 
because we got to get back used to being in football shape. But we're catching on really fast. I mean, we, we don't really need much of a break. We get we go five, six, seven plays strong, and then get 30-second break, go get water, come right back and do it all over again. I mean, I think we're doing great right now. A lot of water breaks coming out of Greer High School as they get ready for some competition. 2020, it's got a season. It's got a start date, and hopefully, oh, hopefully we get that end date. So, so what's the message kind of going out? And what, tell me about this morale that you guys have getting in here and you're getting into it. I would imagine tomorrow is the last day of the week. I don't think, Do you guys get after it on Saturday, or is this a Monday through Friday thing for right now? The Monday through Friday for right now. Monday through Friday. All right, cool. So what happens tomorrow? Is it kind of a, a same thing, kind of getting after it, trying to stay in shape, making sure that you got everything, your T's crossed and your I's dotted? Yes, sir. Same thing as usual every day. Every day. So let's talk a little bit about you before we get you out of here, man. I told you I wouldn't keep you long tonight, but I wanted to get you back since you've gotten that offer from the U. You've gotten an offer from Georgia Tech. I mentioned ACC's on the board now. They've joined the likes of the SEC and the PAC and a few other teams around the country. But, uh, man, the U. Now, you might not realize this because I'm going to tell my age. Back in my day, brother, when I was your age, the U was the deal, man. Those boys were doing their thing, throwing up that sign, and it was the real deal, man. They were winning national championships. And I believe they're back on their way. But guys like you make a big impact. Uh, how big was it for you, or was it even bigger for your family, the older part, the guys that are my age, when they saw the U come up? Come offering that opportunity, buddy. I mean, it was huge, man. My dad, he was so excited. Man. He was telling me a little about the history of you, telling me how they were back in the day. He was like, he's like, man, back in the day, people would kill to get off from there. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yes, they would, man. And it was a big deal, man. You got some big-time playmakers doing some big-time things. I mean, you even think about some of the big defensive guys and uh, a former Redskin that uh, is, is no longer with us, Sean Taylor, who – was uh, one of those type of dudes that just, man, he would just let you know what time it was. And you start to kind of put things in perspective. There were so many guys. And I, I just, when you told me that or when I saw that, and then I talked to you today and we went through, you know, some of your lists and some of your conversations, how much, and we talked education last time. We're always, by the way, going to talk education on this thing because you're just playing some football where you're getting that degree. You and I understand that. We're on the same page. But how much uh, have you, do you, are you paying attention because you uh, remind us what you want to major in. I know what you do, but for those listening, are you paying attention to the majors and where it stands as far as the priority? Because I need, you know, if you got the opportunity to go to the best school in the country and the major that you want to play, and, oh, by the way, they play some pretty daggum good football, that seems like a perfect marriage. How much are you paying attention to both of those entities? I mean, I pay attention a lot to the football, but I, I try to pay much more attention to the academics on how what the college does or what their what their best thing is in the college. I remind our listeners, what are you majoring in once you uh, wrap up this chapter called high school? Uh, sports medicine. Ooh, sports medicine on South Beach, bro. That sounds like ballers all over again, man. I sounds, but I tell you what, Oregon's a good spot. But you know, we said this earlier. Mom said, wherever you go, she goes. Right? That's the package. Y'all are a package deal. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> So, Mom, does Mom like Oregon or does Mom like South Beach, Florida? I got a feeling South Beach was a pretty good pretty good opportunity when that thing came calling through the other day, huh? No, yes, sir, it was. But Mom told me she said, <laughs> she said she liked wherever I wanted to go. Hey, and his mamas would say that. You love your mamas, man. That's the golden rule here on Southern Sports Central, man. 
Hey, go get some rest. Go enjoy the evening. God bless you. Congratulations. Well, you're part of our family here in Southern Sports Central, and we're glad for that. We look forward to seeing you here soon. Um, we'll talk again before the next few weeks. I'll get you back in here, but do me a favor. Get some of your buddies. Put them in the room with you. We'll put the mic on, and we'll talk to all you guys, man. We'll have a little round table with some of your closest friends. How's that sound? That sounds great. I mean, I'll get my guys some gear. We'll do it sometime. Just let me know whenever. I got you, big guy. Congratulations on your offers. Keep working hard, man. Keep grinding for what you can't see. And trust me, you look like you're seeing it a lot quicker than some others out there, man. But good luck. Congrats. And we'll talk soon. Stay safe. All right. Thank you, man. You got it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We got to pull up the bus quick because we're heading across the line. Yeah. We're going in, I believe, North Carolina where Coach Sullivan is hanging out with us. Of course, he does some stuff over at Huff High School. Ooh. Man, those guys got some ballers. Let's talk to that coach when we come back from break. This is Southern Sports Central coming to you live from Blog Talk Radio. We're live over there on Southern Sports Central at Southern Sports Central on Facebook and on Twitter at SO Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. Hour number three. Welcome back, everybody. Just like that, it's been two in the books. I mean, it don't take long when you go all the way around the country and you started right here in Somerville. You work your way to a military base over there at Fort Bragg. You go up to a place called Malden. You go to Greer, and I believe now, I believe Coach Sullivan's hanging out somewhere in the state of North Carolina. Coach, good afternoon. It's raining here in South Carolina, at least in Charleston. How's life and the weather up there in Charlotte? Man, it's about the same. Uh Raining and nasty up here right now. Man, I tell you what, by the way, we had one of your dudes on the show last week, did an incredible job, and we're very blessed with all these young athletes. Man, I tell you what, they speak well, like the young man you just heard there. I know uh, you're probably pretty familiar with him as well because Coach McGowan actually t- uh, trains him as well. Uh, he's one of his dudes that uh, we were able to get back in here for the second time. But, uh, man, this guy that we had on last week, who's going from defensive end to linebacker, by the way, if I'm not mistaken. He is actually yeah. giving us the list of guys over there at a place called Huff High School. Man, it's like uh, – it, I don't like to use IMG by no means because I think Huff owns his own. But, man, you guys are just breeding athletes after athletes over there, brother. Yeah, we, we've been fortunate, man. You know, um, the school is uh, a newer school. It was built in 2010. Uh, and about – Three or four years, you know, we were begging coaches to come by. We had some players um, in the first three or four years. But those that that first group of guys that graduated in that 2015, um, there were some studs in that group. Uh, a couple of them going on to play in the NFL. Um, some are still in college because they are redshirt seniors. Um, so we've been really, really fortunate. 2015 was like a bridge year. And every year after that, man, that place has been a, a hotbed for talent and uh, lots of guys that work really hard. And I mean, a ton of recruits. It's, it's almost, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it may be unprecedented as the number of recruits that have been, um, been there, you know, in a short amount of time, especially in the last five years. Now, of course, uh, we're live right now with uh, one of the best in the business when it comes to DBs, man. Coach Chachi does an incredible job. He's part of the EPT group. He's also 
does uh, some things over there. As we mentioned at Huff High School, we had Dylan Brady in here with us. And, uh, again, you guys got a running back on the other side of the ball, so you guys got a chance to train up against uh, one of the best in the country at what he does, and right, really so, one of the best in the uh, state of North Carolina. Uh, but I got to be honest, uh, you know, between all of that, and I think about everybody on your team was at that incredible camp that uh, you guys put together, let us do – uh, the camp there with you there in Charlotte. Got another one coming up on the 22nd. But before we talk about that one, let's talk about the camp that was uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I thought you guys did it as good as it could have been. You had a ton of kids. You kept them separated. And the Carolina Experience Prep Football Camp, I thought, went extremely well. Yeah, you know, we, we were happy with uh, the outcome. Obviously, we were able to go back and review the tape, so to speak, literally review the tape and look at some places where we can make that camp more efficient and more effective. Uh, we're going to do a better job with a few things that will help uh, maximize the amount of exposure those kids um, can receive. Um, obviously, the, the, the information is out there at Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase, so you can follow it on Twitter. Um, one of the things that we're going to be able to do differently is that we'll be able to – you'll be able to sign – we'll sign more cast this time. So you can watch it on your Twitter feed live, and you'll be able to log on to a link to watch it on YouTube. So we're we're just trying to expand the brand and do things a little bit better so that uh, it's accessible to everyone. If you go and follow Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase on Twitter, Instagram, um, you'll be able to keep up with the latest news as to what's happening for our young people. Um, the camp that took place, we're still in the process of um that 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 video is still uploaded on demand right now on YouTube and you can just google it I mean you go to YouTube and type it in the search bar but we are also re-rendering it so that we um you'll be able to see all of the players names and their labels so what we'll be uploading here um next will be the defensive backs one on one where we now have the labels and it'll say you know exactly who's going against who so you can have a better idea of who you're watching we're live right now with one of the best in the business, and that is, of course, uh, a man that does an incredible job training. Not just – I hate to give you all the love on DVs, but I think you could probably go around that field and, and do some incredible things there as we're live right now with Coach Sullivan joining us all the way, I believe, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Is that right, Coach? Is that where you're you're hanging out here tonight on this uh, Thursday evening? That's right. That's right. I'm in Charlotte. I'm, I'm a native of uh, Anderson County, South Carolina, man, but – that's right. um, I, I currently live. I currently live in uh, in in the Charlotte area. Uh, lots of opportunities here, but uh, it allows me to be close enough to home to get back to the Greenville area and train in Charleston and Columbia, Rock Hill. So it allows me to, you know, kind of be outside of South Carolina. But I'm I'm really. Hey man, look. Once you're born and raised here in the state of South Carolina, you can go wherever you want. But you're homegrown, and we just lend you guys out to the other places outside That's of right. Palmetto State. Uh, and that's just the way it works. You know, we don't, we don't, we love on the dudes that come from the outside in. As long as you behave yourself and you do it the right way, we all about you. But when you ain't, oh, you either in or out of this circle of trust, brother. And it is a very tight circle. So uh, I do appreciate, you know, the guys who allow us to do what we do. And again, for you guys, let us be a part of what y'all do over there. We did, by the way, just tweet out uh, the uh, the actual information for the Saturday, August the twenty second. That's that event. Guys, I, I cannot stress this enough. I, I get you want to get there Saturday because you don't know about your Fridays, but listen, you've never shown up to a football game and just went out there and practiced and got up there and got better. You need to get there early. I need you there the night before a few parents can do it because I need these young dudes rested. I need them hydrated. I need them focused. This 
We don't know what tomorrow brings. But we do know if there is a Saturday the 22nd in August, we will do another football camp right there at uh, the Matthew Sportsplex. Again, and a great job by the Carolina experienced guys who allowed us to now be a part of that family, be a part of that uh, event here. We're going to be broadcasting live once again as we're going to make that road trip. Uh, now, Coach, let me ask you this. This is a common question, and, and I did ask a few people some questions, so I wanted to kind of ask you on the air tonight. And, and the biggest thing is when these guys are going to camps, some camps they've got time. Some of them have jumps. Some of them have more of that combine feeling. Some camps you go to, as a matter of fact, the one that you guys did, it was more of a showcase. It says it there in the name. Yeah. It doesn't say combine. It says showcase. And if you Google the two, you understand the two. There is a difference because they both have their own reasoning. The one in Atlanta, very similar to a showcase. And I think showcases are great because it showcases what you got compared to that guy over there's got. And I know for you guys, you had about 11 different states represented, similar to the one in Atlanta, had 11 different states represented, and they were coming from far and wide. I think that's impressive. That speaks volume of the talent of coaches that you guys are all putting together between the two. Now, when it comes down to it, break it down to a parent, why they should or shouldn't pay attention to just the numbers. Because there's so many parents who have said to me, well, I just need to get my kid a 40. I got to get them there on that. I got to get them on the laser. You know, what is it about that comparatively to get some of that interaction and the right way to do things as much as anything, Coach? All right, well, I mean, that's a really good question, and there's a lot of different philosophies on how that 40 correlates to uh, football and your recruiting. I think that there are standards that um, most schools have as a rule out. I mean, obviously, you know, if you take a major university or just a really good university, there's a lot of young people that would love to attend that university. So they have metrics put in place to rule out some kids that they would not have to consider or maybe not even have to watch their film. So when it comes to the, the, the 40, the 40 is a skill. And a lot of times people kind of don't understand that. Um, if you're not going to wake up in the morning and go and run an efficient 40. Um, and some people have that God-given talent. But you have to train and prepare for that, for that skill. The 40 is a skill. The, the, the vertical is a skill. The L drill is a skill. So with the showcase, we, we, we focus more so on the, the football aspect of, what would get you recruited. We do height and weight so that we can have, you know, those, those checks and balances to make sure that uh, colleges can get an efficient idea of, of, of what your size would be and how you may grow and what your potential could be as uh, transitioning to possibly even a different position. But we choose not to do a 40 because kids don't prepare um, as much. There's not, I mean, there are guys that do a great job of teaching the 40. Um, and teaching those those uh, combine type skills, but they're fewer and far between. So we choose to focus on the football uh, aspect of it, um, just so that we're able to uh, link them with uh, you know really really efficient, really really good position specific trainers or coaches that can help them to enhance their game. That's really what the showcase is about. Those young people have an opportunity to meet and and learn a little bit from those guys. I'm a high school football coach myself. The amount of time that it takes to develop a defensive bat is not allotted in a football practice. Just because a football practice, you have different segments. You can't just spend an entire day on individual drills. If you go to a smaller high school, you have a very limited amount of time that you have to spend on individual drills because most kids play on both sides of the football. So showcases typically happen before the season, which allows for those young men to develop and enhance 
their skills at their specific position so that they can in return make their institution that they go to, their high school, they can make them better. So um, I watch a lot of different places. If you go to an Alabama football camp, they do a combine-style camp and a showcase-style camp. If you go to a Clemson University football camp, I, they've never ran the 40. They don't run the 40. You know, they want to spend that time evaluating movement, evaluating play. So there's no right or wrong way. You know, the combines aren't any less efficient than the showcase. I just choose to be on the side of let's see how these guys can move and let's get them as close to football movement as we possibly can um, because we don't run the 40 on the football field. You know, being fast is being fast. Uh, I think that a really good evaluator of talent can actually evaluate how fast the kid is by just watching the tape. Um, you can see that they're creating distance from other players over and over and over. Um, so there's different ways that you can evaluate a kid's uh, speed um, without actually having them run a 40. And I, I feel like a lot of times colleges use it more so as a rule out than a rule in. So um, right. we just try to set the stage for success to give those guys the best and the most opportunities that it can have to, uh, to be recruited. We're live right now with a young man or a young man that trains all the DBs around the great state of not just North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. He'll get you if you're calling in from Idaho. I'm sure he'd be loving the opportunity to catch up with you as he's part of the elite position training over there with DPT. And, of course, uh, we talked to you about what these guys are doing at the up-and-coming camp. And that, again, is, uh, is coming real soon. So we need to make sure that we're getting you ready for that one. Of course, that is the Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase on the 22nd, guys, I'm telling you, if you don't get online right now and get your spot, Coach Shockey's getting ready to tell you there ain't a whole lot of dude left for you. I mean, we've got a pretty loaded crew, and I thought, quite frankly, uh, as we were pulling out of the camp, you and I were talking, and you even said, Rich, I have to be honest with you, man, we're opening up this other camp, but it's, it's, it's all but, but halfway there now. So how impressed yeah. are you by the return of numbers, not just in the guys in North Carolina, but South Carolina, Virginia, you reached out, and some guys have reached out to you, excuse me, uh, through middle part of the country. They're looking to make that road trip because they shut them down over there. <laughs> yeah, we've got guys coming from uh, Missouri. We had guys from Texas, Virginia. You know, I want to say, I'd be remiss if I don't say this, I want to say that that camp was actually more South Carolina kids uh, than North Carolina kids. So uh, thank you for the response from South Carolina, man. Um, you guys, a lot of those guys already train with uh, elite position training. Um, you know, we would love to try to do something a little more local, but North Carolina was kind of a – Charlotte was more of a central hub. I mean, I mean, Charlotte owned the gas – you know, on the, on the South Carolina border on both sides, on the 85 and 77. So, ideally, we were looking for a venue where we could hold the capacity. Um, we didn't have to worry about weather because of the turf fields. So, that's really how Madison Sports Place was the place that we – uh, that won us over because they have, you know, about 14 or 15 turf fields. Um, and facility-wise, even if it rained, um, those fields don't, you know, they drain immediately so that there's no impact as long as there's no lightning. So um, I want to say congratulations to the guys from South Carolina that came. There are a few spots open for the second camp. If you guys are serious about returning or coming back and participating, um, the second camp will be bigger and better. Um, I've been re I've been contacted by a lot of guys from East St. Louis, Missouri, um, the state of Illinois, um, Kentucky, uh, Virginia, like I said, Texas. Uh, guys are coming. They're hearing about it. These places are, are, are you know, they're, they're, they're afraid they're not going to get to play ball. Um, they want to be in front of the schools on the East Coast. They want to be in front of South Carolina. 
you know, we take for granted how, how easy it is for us to transition or drive over to the University of North Carolina, South Carolina, Clemson. Well, those guys are like seven, eight hours away, um, and, and they want to be seen by them. So some really heavy hitters are on their way here, some guys that have committed to Missouri. Uh, there's a guy that's committed to UCLA. He's begging to get into the camp. Um, and, and we're going to make it happen, you know. So the competition is going to be fierce. I think that South Carolina can hold their own with uh, any state in the country. It's always been said and it's always been done. We play great football in that state. Uh, and sometimes because of logistics and airports and interstates, it's not, as, it's not recruited as well as some of the other places who may be more heavily populated. Um, and, and it's unfortunate for our kids in South Carolina, so I just want to be a part of, you know, helping those guys get the most exposures they can. That's, that's part of the reason why I come down and train guys. I'm really coming to put my eyes on guys so I can run my mouth to as many colleges as I can when they come <laughs> to see the, the school where I'm sitting. You know, as you, as you said, Huff High School is a school that's heavily recruited. We have 27 to 26 Division One prospects at that one school. So when the colleges come through, you know, I'm going to mention a, a, a Miles Walker from, from Berkeley or Solomon Butler from Bu- Berkeley or, you know, a, 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 a Darryl DePass from Buford. I mentioned those guys to help them as much as I can and any kid that I'm in contact with so I can remember their name. That sometimes, you know, and that's the way that it's worked. That's the way that it's been. Um, you know, the, the kids in South Carolina, whether they're in the Greenville area, the Charleston area, Columbia area, you know, we try to do, and I'm talking about the elite position training family, uh, the Carolina exposure family, the elite sports marketing family, which makes up the uh, Carolina experience family. We all are in the same business. And, and you too, Richie, and High School Blitz, you know, we're all in the, the business of, of, of helping kids as much as we can. We form for the really strong relationship in, in a short amount of time because when you can see where a person's heart is, we can now match our efforts and getting these kids out there. There's several kids in Charleston, um, that I, in the Charleston area specifically, that I, I, I laid eyes on, that I've fallen, you know, totally in love with. Uh, the kid over at Woodland, Jalen West, he works out at receiver. He worked out with me at defensive back for about two hours, and by the time we finished the workout, I thought that that kid could be a college safety. You know, he can play plays receiver and he's really good at it, but I definitely think that he could be a safety in college. He's huge, he's long, he's athletic. I mean, there's some tremendous young guys that are down there, um, and I can't I can't remember everybody's name right off, but it's just so much talent that gets uh, overlooked um, for whatever reason, and, um, you know, we're just trying to do our part to help. Um, the training doesn't stop. I'll be back in Charleston on the 29th. Um, you guys that follow SCDB groups, um, just be looking for a post, and we'll try to figure out exactly where we'll be training. But 29th of August, after that showcase, I'll be right back in Charleston, um, just trying to make sure that these guys are getting their final tuning as they get ready to play their season um, and go out and, and identify what their next endeavors will be. We're live right now with the man who does it all. I mean, he controls the mask at the camps. And i got to be honest with you, man, when you came out of the 30-yard line, I don't even know where you came from at that camp um, a couple weeks ago on that Friday, and dudes didn't have their mask on, trust me, you're on the phone right now with us, Coach Sullivan. He is the mask police. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, he makes sure that everybody's masked up or you got to go home. You ain't got to not wear it, but you got to wear it when you're here. Of course, uh, this young man had not only his mask on, this young man had his game on. And I'm talking Chase Simmons, the guy from North Myrtle Beach is a dog. I mean, we talk dogs all day long, but uh, he comes out of the camp, 
He gets an offer from Georgia State. That was incredible. He had some film that you guys had, had allowed, uh, you know, a few guys to get on. We had Southern Sports Central doing some video as well. And yeah, he, every angle was covered. And then today, three hours ago, he was offered by Coastal Carolina. Now, again, parents, listen to me when I tell you this. There's nobody here, and I'm going to speak on behalf of everybody that does a camp that does it the right way, that will promise you that your son or daughter, because some girls play football, will get an offer when they leave this camp or get this opportunity. That, this gives them an opportunity to be seen. It's up to them. It's up to the athletes to do what they need to do. What these guys are doing and other guys that are doing it are giving them the opportunity to showcase their talent. That's why it's called a showcase. Showcase your talent, giving you the opportunity, and then comes if it works and then everything fits out perfectly because a lot of it has to be right time, right place. You get that. But you do not get that sitting at your house on your video game because you can't play football in your community. You got to get where they're playing football. And Coach Sullivan, I got to give it to you guys. I thought y'all did a great job with the video and allowing us to do the audio stuff. I, I really thought it opened a lot of doors, and I've seen a lot of success stories in the last couple of weeks out of a couple of camps, but I'm going to focus on y'all with that Carolina experience and, the, and, and everything with that showcase. I thought you guys did a really good job putting out that stuff because I'm hearing a lot of good feedback from a lot of these young men that are allowed to now take that film that you said on YouTube, correct? If you put that on yes. your Twitter account, there you go. And then you hit that little thing called retweet, and now you have something else because it's a sure of a better film than what you would get if you're in the backyard with mom or dad doing a drill because it just don't look the same when you blow by dad, right? <laughs> right. You know, and one of the things we try to do, we've been involved with camps, and we've, uh, we're have we looking to evolve as, as camp providers or camp directors. And one of the things that we did that was a little bit unique is that we had six cameras on that field, on those fields, at all times. So there was three uh, cameras that, that was owned and operated by MoWo, which is a uh, TV production company who did a phenomenal job um, taking on this venture and this project and this vision that we had. Um, we tried to pull off a, a vision, and you know how that goes, Richie. Sometimes it, it doesn't always come to fruition. But as, as we communicated with the producer of, of this event, um, and it was really like putting on a performance because we had to identify the angles for the cameras um, and where they would be and how we would transition one position group onto the field. So there was a lot of logistical issues that the kids weren't aware of. And uh, what we were able to do was meet with that production company this week, and we will meet with them again next week to, to bring that image to you in a better way. And um, one of the things that will happen is we'll, we'll switch the angles up a little bit so we can be even more efficient with how we capture their jersey numbers, how we capture them coming off the ball, is it better to shoot the defensive lineman from the front or the back end? You know, is it better to shoot the DBs from this angle versus that angle? We're trying to maximize every nook and cranny to make these young men have every opportunity that's there. And that's hours and hours of preparation outside of football, which, you know, anyone that knows me, I'm a football junkie, so it's hard for me to sit in a room for, for a few for hours um, and talk about, you know, camera angles. But, but it's worth it at the end when you see that project come to fruition and you see those young men out there and when you go back and watch the footage it's pretty good i think what we'll be able to do in this second one is actually make it better and those guys that were that did participate in the um july 31st event there's even more footage that's coming your way as we learn more and we we, we gain more insight about the television world and about what all of these the angles and, and things that the cameras can pull off we're able to kind of maximize the exposure 
by uh, doing a better job. So we're even going in and re-rendering the original vision to make it better so that the second the second event, um, which is on the 22nd of, of August, um, I will say that we'll probably shut the registration down um, at some point this week. I may get in trouble for saying this, but I think Wednesday will probably be the definite cutoff date, if not before that. Um, if you're if you have plans on attending this event, uh, go ahead and register. You will be put on a wait list, and the reason that there is a wait list at this time is because we're trying to control the numbers. Um, we don't want you know 60 defensive backs to register, and we only have 30 receivers. So we're bringing them in a few at a time to make sure that the numbers are even, because we do have to worry about our numbers as far as um, the the capacity and on what the uh, allotment will be in North Carolina based on the, the COVID criteria. So the COVID criteria is really why we have to have the wait list so that we can keep the numbers balanced and we don't have, you know, 60 guys at linebacker and 30 and 20 running backs um, because that, that, that wouldn't make for a good showcase and it wouldn't make for a, a very eventful day as far as the number of repetitions a kid would get. We're live right now with uh, one of the great ones over there from the EP training facilities as we're live with uh, the guy that would be the DB guru, Coach Chachi Sullivan, joins us here one of many, many, many times that we're looking forward to having him again and again as he's joined us for a couple of shows before talking about the event coming up. Register right now, guys. Don't waste any time when you're listening to us. Get on there right now. Register for that August 22nd. I believe I just saw Dorchester County You'll be starting practice, I think, on the 24th. Come on out here and get some work in and go to your practice on Monday. You're like you haven't skipped a beat. It's easier to stay in shape than get in shape. If you don't fall out, you don't have to fall back in. Stay in shape. This gives you that chance to do that. And with that being said, Coach, it'd be safe to say, and I've got to be honest with you, you know, we've covered now three different, four different <laughs> uh, camps, showcases, combines, however you want to label them. And every time we find something that we can do better than we did before. So the good news is on the 22nd, man, I feel like we ought to be professionals. If not, I'm going to be pretty upset with Eugene and a few other guys that are going to carry us up there to, uh, to Charlotte on the 22nd. But it's safe to say, guys, listen, it's a moving target, which means what? That means we're always looking to be better today than we were yesterday, just like your football team, just like anything else that you do in life. Now, one question that has come through, and this is uh, coming in, that you've seen a lot of players, Coach, all around the state of South yeah. Carolina. Why does it seem like the upstate gets all the love from the big-time programs, and down here in the low country, we just don't seem to get it as much? Coach, your thoughts? My thoughts, and that's a great question, but I, I think that it, to me, um, that's a really good question. I think that the real answer to that is uh, location of schools and proximity to Atlanta and Charlotte. I think that the large majority of college coaches, when they go on a recruiting trail, they fly into Atlanta or they fly into Charlotte. Well, the upstate is convenient to 85. It is convenient to 77 if you go straight through Charlotte right into the Rock Hill area. And I think that's what hinders a lot of colleges from getting on, you know, 85 to 26 or 77 to 26. Um, I think they stop kind of that Columbia area because they typically – or flying into Atlanta, driving over to South Carolina, flying into Charlotte, driving down to South Carolina. And that's the unfortunate part that I was speaking of because if you don't know uh, your way around, you're not going to make it to Well Branch High School. Or if you don't know your way around South Carolina, you know, uh, I always make fun of my, my friends who are from that Georgetown area, but 
I remember the Gauls boys in that Bucksport area. If you don't know your way around, how, how would you ever find those guys? And being from South Carolina, you know the history of the family names. If you see a name like Gauls or Gathers, you're probably going to recruit the kid. But if you're not from that area and you're not from the state, then you don't know. So the, the upstate is convenient to 85 and 77, and I feel like it's the connection between two major cities, which is Charlotte and Atlanta. And I think that the guys from the upstate kind of reap the benefits a little bit um, of that. I think that's a great, great answer to uh, a great question. And, again, uh, first of all, Coach, I appreciate the love that you've given Southern Sports Central. Uh, We got there that Saturday – or that Friday. It was a Friday, actually. And, uh, man, you you put us in shirts. You got us feeling like family. And like I told you, man, you you keep doing that stuff when we get there on Saturday and – you know what, if we need to stay behind and clean up a little bit, that's what we'll do. You tell me where you need our guys, and, and we'll fall in line like you need us to. We were part of the, the introduction to the trainer. She looked at us and said, look, it's a hot day. I'm already going to have a lot of work, but I need all of you. And she looked right at us and said, you too. Make sure these guys stay hydrated. Everybody looks woozy. Get to them and get some water. But I thought you guys did a great job. I think the 22nd is going to be even better than this last one. And don't forget, he gave you a secret. Wednesday, that's a date circle it but you don't have to worry about it if you do it right now we don't have to talk about it tomorrow because it was done today don't put off anything today or tomorrow that you can do today and don't forget on august the 29th he's coming down here and we're going to be hanging out with him in charleston and uh it's going to be a lot of fun where he'll be doing a little bit more one-on-one there but again get in as much as you can get in coach we appreciate you we are glad that you're part of the southern sports central family we've actually got one of your teammates part of the ept training following up behind you and that's Coach, uh, Coach McGowan, he's going to be joining us next. Uh, he's a wide receiver guy. You're a DB guy. Give me something off, Coach, before I get him in here uh, that I can kind of give him a hard time about. All right. I have to make sure you guys know that Coach McGowan is, is really, really good with Twitter and Instagram. Um, he's <laughs> typically, when we work out on Sundays, he does the recording. So you never see any DBs win when he posts because he only posts the really good <laughs> clips of his guys, okay? Um, so if you watch Coach, if you are if you are watching Coach McGowan's uh, Twitter and Instagram page, okay, the defensive backs have yet to win a rep. And it's, be- <laughs> it's because, you know, there's, there's a complicit bias that, that wide receivers have towards defensive backs. And he's, he's, he's but no, no, honestly, great guy, does an amazing job with guys. We're always barking at each other. I've got the utmost respect for him. I just wish that he would post a, a wide receiver losing every now and again. <laughs> I got a feeling you might get something out of it, Coach Chachi. <laughs> Man, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I'm going to do something that uh, I don't think I'll regret it. Coach McGowan, I know you're with us. We're gonna uh, we're gonna let you chime in real quick before we go to break. You got anything on this uh, on this accusation, Coach? You know what? That is completely true. Uh, <laughs> my job as the receiver, tight end instructor, of elite position training uh, to make sure I highlight my guys, uh, showcase their showcase their ability. However, I do send individual clips to my DBs because uh, I want to give them an opportunity to show that uh, it was not a complete roast uh, every Sunday. But they do make some outstanding plays. But, uh, but uh, I-, I tell Chachi, you need a video, man. You know, I'm going to video my guys, so you need to be able to take up for your guys also and get some clips. And, and, 
and the and, and the truth is, here's the real truth. Bobby's told me, Chachi, you stand back here and record it with me. But because I am who I am, I'll record about one out of every nine reps. So I just I just can't do it. So I <laughs> typically I have somebody back there to help. But yeah. I can't I can't focus long enough. I can imagine you having the camera in your phone, Chachi, and all of a sudden you just throw it when you see somebody doing the wrong thing. You're like, oh, no, 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 it's not supposed to be like that, realizing that you're actually supposed to be holding the camera. That's right. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, well, Coach, we appreciate it. Uh, Coach McGowan, hang tight. I'm going to put you back on hold. We're going to bring you back from the break. And then, uh, Coach Chachi, man, great job. See, that's why I think we need to do – uh, a show, and we'll bring in you and Coach Ramone and, and everybody from the EPT guys, and we'll have a good time. It'll be a special show, and we'll just talk about what you guys do, because I think that has a nice three-hour tone to it. I think that there's a lot of learning that can be done. I mean, if coaches are doing it in classrooms, why can't we do it on the radio? I feel like, you know what, for the kids who we can't get to by physically touching them, then we can get to by what, on the phone or at least through the, the part of the radio so we could do some classes here on the show. So you let me know if that's something you guys want to do. I'd love to have you guys on here and, and let's just do what we just did. I think it'd be a lot of fun and we'd make some memories along the way, coach. Awesome. Good luck, coach McGowan and rich. Thank you yeah. very much for having me tonight. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, just like that, we're going to take a break. Well, that's why I do what I do. When I can get two dudes to do what they do, they poke a little fun make a few laughs and have a memory. That's why we are on the radio. We're taking a break. We're not going far. We'll be back in about three minutes. We'll take this with a little bit of summertime music, guys. Don't go anywhere. This is Southern Sports Central coming to you live for the final segment right here in Somerville, South Carolina, guys. We'll be right back. Summertime. 
short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends, just y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kissed. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill could spark off nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six o'clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. Time to cruise, so you go to the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop, applies in the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing, chilling in the car, they've been all day waxing, leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie. I'm alongside Eugene Bitten as we're coming to you for the final segment of Southern Sports Central on a beautiful evening. Even though it's raining, it's a beautiful thing to see the rain falling here in the low country. We always need a little extra rain. Again, if you like the sun, you got to appreciate the rain, and we do appreciate it here on a beautiful night. This segment brought to you by our friends over at the Tent Farm, located at 7634 South Railroad. That's in North Charleston. You can find them on the web at tentfarm.com. Come. And let's head over now. Of course, uh, we're going to stay over there with the training guys, EPT training, to be exact, with the one and only Coach McGowan joins us here. Uh, Coach, you're coming from the state of South Carolina, but where is home? Are you in the Greenville area still? I'm actually right in between Greenville and Anderson. So I actually stay in Anderson County, but it's uh, right hmm. off exit 32, 35. So it's a great location to quickly get to Greenville and to get to downtown Anderson if necessary. I'd say that's a central location at its best there. Of course, uh, you are with the EPT football. You're a wide receiver, tight end coach. Uh, you start to kind of put everything together. It looks like the EPT, you're uh, the vice president. You're a mentor, educator, God, family, Clemson, you, 93 and 94. Uh, some football over there, South Carolina State, 94 to 98. You got a lot of things. Looking at your resume, man, I tell you, before I even got a chance to meet you, I looked at this resume and I was thinking, my God. These guys have got it loaded over there at this EPT training group of guys, man. But you're just one of many doing great things in our communities, and we appreciate you. Man, we're just truly blessed to be able to do what we do to impact the student-athletes in this area, uh, not only in South Carolina, but in this region, um, just to give them opportunities to take their games to new levels. And, you know, the biggest thing is to give them an opportunity to get an education um, and for somebody else to pay for that education when possible. Right. Well, I think so far you guys number-wise are putting out those guys that are constantly getting recognition. By the way, thank you for, for getting back in here with us as we had uh, uh, Mr. Skinner up there in Greer. He gets another offer. What Georgia Tech in Miami is recent one since our last conversation with the young man. But I tell you what, he, he's as good off the field as he is on the field. I mean, you couldn't have found a, a better big guy, four-star, wide receiver, tight end, 
uh, tight caliber guy. And, uh, again, I think wherever he decides to go, they're going to get them uh, a heck of a ball player. Definitely. Jalil is just a stud. Uh, when I say a stud, um, he's a stud on the field, off the field. He's a great kid, great student athlete. Um, he's a he's a beast on the field in terms of his playmaking ability. And he's got just such a high ceiling because of his frame already. Six five, uh, close to two ten. You know, some of the uh, colleges uh, see him as just an athlete. Some see him as a receiver. Some see him as a tight end. So, you know, you don't want to put a kid like that in the box, considering you just don't know how much more they're going to grow. Grows right. the way, you know, some of the colleges anticipate, like an LSU or a Florida State, who envision him as maybe potentially being a tight end type player or uh, H-back type player. But he can also, right now, he could stay and be able to play at a healthy weight around 220, 225, and still be able to play on the outside primarily. So he's just a kid with so much intrigue because you just don't know how much more he's going to grow. But if he doesn't grow anymore, he's already the typical, you know, 2020 type of receiver that we're looking for uh, at the college level and also professionally. We're live right now. We have stayed at the camp over there with the EPT guys. That is the EP training football group. Of course, Coach Chaki just joined us. He focuses on the DBs and how appropriate is it to get the guy on the other side of the ball that tries to burn them day in and day out. Of course, that's the wide receiver connection over there with EP training. Of course, Coach McGowan joins us again here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, what is it about these receivers that, that you see them sometimes in high school, they come out as receivers, but you see them from time to time, especially the slot receivers going across to the other side and end up in a DP, a DB position and kind of talk to us a little bit and talk to our young athletes where they may struggle. Let's say a quarterback, for example, while he might be a high school quarterback in college, he's just not that he's maybe better fitted to be a DB. Maybe he's better at another position, tight end, could even be that role if he's a big enough guy. Why do these guys struggle with that whole, look, you got to go where they need you to go. And unfortunately, I've seen some guys not take a bigger offer because they don't want to move position. Well, I think it's, it's something that we've always uh, seen uh, transpire at the at the high school level as they're trying to make decisions on, on attending certain colleges. But I think some things you have to put in perspective. You have to think of some different things in terms of how big are you going to become. You know, you're, you're at 5'10", five, 5'11", five, right now. You are going into your senior year. It's probably not a lot of vertical growth is going to occur at that time. So if you're playing quarterback, um, you know, they're looking for those prototypical quarterbacks that are in that 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", range. So, and, and you're a great athlete. So you've got some versatility that you bring, you know, to the table. So you don't want to, again, like I've stated before, put yourself in a box where you cannot maximize that versatility that, that, God, that God's given you. So I think sometimes kids get stuck in the position that they've played all their life and forget that, okay, you've grown maybe out of that position, and now you put yourself in another, you know, in another location in terms of playing another position. So I think uh, you cannot put yourself in a situation where you don't, you're not open-minded to playing another position. Um, colleges are always looking to upgrade their roster. And sometimes with their upgrade, they're looking for the best available athlete, the best, the best available player. So if they're looking for the best available player and your quarterback might be undersized, might be under-recruited at a certain position that you like, 
but it might not be your best suited college position. Um, so I think that's extremely important to make sure that you put yourself in a position that you don't minimize your opportunities because of a a position you played all your life. We're live right now as we have stayed on the grounds with the uh, guys that I think do it as good as anybody over there. Of course, EP training football. And, of course, Coach McGowan's is finishing our night here on a Thursday night in Charleston as he is uh, in the upper part of the, of the state of South Carolina. Coach, uh, what is it right now? And you've had a chance to watch a lot of wide receivers between that great job. By the way, great job camping uh, a couple weeks ago, and we can't wait to be back up there with y'all here on the 22nd broadcast and live up there again in Charlotte. But what is the biggest issue as a wide receiver, tight end coach like yourself, that you're seeing some bad habits that these young guys have kind of picked up during this COVID thing, that if you could nail it and and, and have one big conversation, what would you say that you've seen the biggest issue right now coming out of some of this lack of working out? Uh, You're talking about more of the technique stuff with with those skill positions? Sure, yeah, something that they're maybe they're not coming out of their breaks, they're not following the routes, or, or, or just what is the one thing that you're like, man, where did this come from? I, I don't remember this being an issue this time last year. Um, well, I think it's a couple things. I think I think you need to make sure that, first of all, you know why you're doing something. You know why you're completing the drill. You know why you're doing the drill this way. I think there needs to be explanation. There needs, needs to be a, a thorough uh, detailed uh, communication why why you're doing this in terms of the, the trainer. Um, I believe that a lot of times you've got guys who see uh, Twitter videos or things on social media, and they try it, but they don't know why they're doing it, and they don't have the instruction from somebody that can give them the proper feedback for them to do it correctly. So you've got a lot of kids that are being trained by social media um, because somebody else is doing something, but not knowing that that other person that's working on this drill or technique, they've got some instruction behind what they're doing. So they know why they're doing it. So I think some one of the biggest things is trying to get uh, receivers or tight ends to what I like to say, cut the grass. And you've got a, a defensive back or you've got a linebacker or you've got some type of hybrid defensive player, you know, across from you trying to cut that grass, trying to close the space between you and that, that player so that you can get into your route versus just standing in place, chopping in place, or taking false steps where they're able to eat up that grass versus you eating up the grass. And they can lunge, they can punch, they can ghost you with a, with a fake punch and then try to get you to, to react off of that. And then they've delayed your route because you're indecisive. So you need to be very decisive, confident, but also understand the technique of cutting the grass and making sure you're eating that grass and stacking to get back on top. Um, I think in camps, um, the showcases I've worked, at um, in the last two or three months, you know, it's showcases. So you're not spending a whole lot of time providing instruction. However, you know, when you get an opportunity, when you see a kid after running a route and you pull them to the side and say, okay, with that route, if you would have gotten back on top of them, then you let the ball fade you and then you can go make a play on the ball versus him fading and just sliding in your inside hip and knocking the ball down when you could have stepped over the top of that person. Now you control them because you can go left to right. So it's just little small details of stacking, getting to the top of the route, beating the drum. Um, some kids don't utilize their arms well, um, and that's something that's just uh, just underestimated, you know, just the value of that. It's really underrated, the arm drive, the over the shoulders, below the pocket, 
getting that full charge of arm drive um, to be able to maximize your speed, to make everything look like a vertical until it's not a vertical. So you've got to sell that DB to make sure everything's a vertical. Sometimes you can tell with our receivers when they're about to make that intermediate break, whether they're coming out at 10, 12, 15, or whatever. Um, just trying to get them to, to show that defensive back, make everything look the same, like they're going vertical every single play. And then you work your snap down and get your chest over knees, knees over your toes, and burst out of that break as you drum to make sure your feet and arms are in unison to be, be able to smoothly transition out of that break. So little things like that is something we constantly teach uh, at uh, our wide receiver tight end training. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting here in the studio, and I'm sitting here virtually kind of going through. You, you looked in the window over here, Eugene. You see me kind of going through the motions with my arms. It's got to be pretty funny on the other side there as we're live right now with Coach McGowan. He uh, is with the EP Training Football Group as we've been here for the hour, hour three here. He's uh, focuses on the wide receiver, the tight end, and he is the VP over there. So he's a decision maker along with uh, Coach Ramon, Coach Chachi, and a few other great individuals that do great things. Uh, real quick before we get you out here at the top of the end of the show and all that good stuff, Coach, uh, what do we look forward to here on the 22nd? Uh, are you allowed to kind of give any headline of what are we working on coming up this time around in part two of this incredible camp that you guys are putting together? Well, it'll be uh, very similar to what we did the last time. Hopefully it'll be better because every camp we do, we want to make that experience better. We want to learn from some of the great things we did and continue to add to that, but also maybe some things we can tweak to improve upon that. So I think it's going to be great competition. We're going to have some really talented players competing. Again, the, uh, the, the schedule in terms of trying to get our kids in and out by positions is going to be uh, pretty much the same, but just trying to be a little bit more efficient as we work through the second camp. And, you know, usually those second camps, especially when you're doing them within a, a two, one- or two-month period, they can only get better. So we're looking forward for a much, much a really talented group of kids and also uh, a camp that is going to be top-notch. Of course, I continue to say this is all a moving target. Southern Sports Central, very blessed to be a part of the uh, big time coming up camp on the 22nd. We're looking forward to broadcasting once again in Charlotte. We're going to show up on Friday. We'll be ready, hydrated, rested, and good to go to work. And I heard, uh, I don't know if you heard it when I was talking to Coach Chachi, if, if you need my guys to pick up some trash at the end of it, man, you just tell us where to go to work when it's over, said, and done, and uh, we'll, we'll stick around and help you guys out, uh, pick up everything, get you ready to, to get back after a long, successful Saturday. The final question is coming in now, and, and it's being asked, any chance going forward that we can add in special teams? I mean, these guys uh, don't get a whole lot of opportunities so to get a work in, is there any opportunity in the future that we could add these guys in? I, definitely. We're always open to improving our showcases and camps. So that's definitely something. If there's a need and if there's a, some interest, we'll, we'll definitely try to uh, add that to a showcase type of event. Okay, good. I'll check in with you off the air. Uh, Coach, I want to say this, and I told Coach Chachi this, and I talked to Ramon on a regular basis as well. Uh, and I uh, actually talked to Mal yesterday down here in Charleston. Uh, he does a lot of stuff down here as well. Uh, I greatly appreciate this opportunity to join uh, a very tight circle that you guys have put together and allowing us to be uh, a radio voice for you guys, and, and, and I am sticking to bringing you guys down to Charleston. I've already found us a location uh, to bring the, uh, the EP 
training group of guys. And uh, let's do something down here with these low country cats. Uh, they're going to go to work on the 23rd, it looks like, in Dorchester County. I think Charlton County will be somewhere in that game. Berkeley has continued to work. But, but like I told these kids, man, you just can't get enough work in a time like now because we know this. If the 22nd happens, and I'm pretty sure there will be a Saturday the 22nd, there will be a showcase, but we cannot guarantee anything other than that. So I would go as if there is or not a season, I still would come into these camps and get these work-ins, right? Oh, yes, no doubt. You know, it's very important to continue to work. I would love an opportunity to get to the Charleston area. I know there are some very talented kids in that area, some very talented trainers. Um, so I think it's just it's important for them to be able to showcase what they do also because sometimes Charleston area is overlooked, just as Coach Chachi mm-hmm. stated in terms of the locations and demographics there. Yep, you hit it on the nail, and so did Coach Chachi. Thank you so much for giving me some time tonight away from your family. Uh, I am going to catch up with you off the air because I don't know if you heard me ask Coach uh, this question. I think I've actually brought it to you off the air, but I'd love – to talk to you and Ramon, and, and, and let's figure out a day, be it a Monday, be it a Wednesday, or whatever day works. I'll move my schedule out if need be. But I think that'd be kind of cool to have kind of a, a war room kind of conversation like you see, uh, you've seen in other areas where we could bring all of you specially in here and we could do a show for a couple hours and teach these men and, and women who may not have the ability to get to some of these camps, but we can virtually have the conversation through a radio. Oh, wow. That would be an amazing opportunity uh, to be able to sit down and have a little round robin and talk about some of the different challenges of of recruiting and some of the things that, you know, sometimes we don't really um, exercise in terms of making sure our student athletes get the exposure, but getting it the right way. And they're not trying to spend a whole lot of money with certain recruiting sites when they don't have the credibility. I mean, it's just, this is, could be a conversation that lasts, uh, several several hours because of um, some of the things that we would discuss in, in that type of setting. So I would love that opportunity to be able to do that. Well, let's talk about it because I can give us three hours, man. I promise you, one to three, you pick it, man. I can even give you 15, but I think three is, is at least what we need uh, because I think you guys do a great job. Eugene and myself, of course, would like to, you know, just open up our hearts, our doors, and the opportunity. Again, we're about the kids. We're all about the kids, and that's why I love what you guys do. And we will continue to support you any way we can. And until next time, Coach, thank you so much for being a part of our show. Man, I appreciate you, Richie. Uh, I appreciate Southern Sports Central for all you do to uh, highlight our athletes, to give them opportunities and give them a platform that they might not have uh, otherwise without you. So keep doing what you're doing. You know you're part of the family. We love you. We're going to always support you. And we got your back just like you have ours. You got it, Coach. Stay safe, and I'll touch base with you here shortly. Thanks again for everything, Coach. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. There you go, Eugene. I'm going to bring you back in here. And, of course, uh, man, I tell you what, you know, he almost had me choked up. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm a grown man, but I'm also a real man. All right? It's cool. And, and to hear guys like him and Coach Chachi thanking you for what you do, Coach Ramon, you know, he gets out of that big old that big old truck. I don't know if it's a Ford or a Chevy. It's just a big old truck, and he jumps up out of that thing. I'm thinking, all right, let's go to work. So I feel like we're pretty good. You know, and I like to think we're like the uh, the NWO with sports, man, or we're maybe, uh, I, you know, maybe like, uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of momentum for what we all do. We all bring our special talent to this show called athletics. And, and, and you literally see it with the EP training guys. 
I mean, those guys, I mean, they're literally, they're specialists in what we do. And let's be honest, we're specialists. You're a specialist. You're a kicking guy. You got one of the top kids in the country hanging out over the ocean side. So what I'll do, Eugene, I'm going to do you a solid. You only owe me dinner. I'm going to put it together. I'll let you shake hands with these cats when we go back up there on the 22nd or maybe before, and you can kind of introduce what you do. Maybe there's a spot, man. I mean, they, they special time, special things, special teams, brother. Yeah, no doubt, man. Like you know, like you mentioned, I'm I'm blessed to work with some great kids, great who have great parents, and uh, you know, uh, and yeah, th- there are some kids that I work with that are nationally ranked. Um, I got four that I train that are nationally ranked in their respective classes, from freshman class, sophomore class, uh, rising junior class. But not only that, you know, through the network of doing this national training, I've gotten to meet a lot of parents, a lot of head coaches, a lot of kids from North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, you know, if they want to give the green light, man, I really think we can, um, you know, get them at least, you know, 20 or so specialists, man. They can put on, you know, just like they they normally do with the film and uh, help to get these guys recruited because that's what they're in the business of doing is, you know, bringing in elite coaches to train, elite coaches to give instruction, and then uh, as a side benefit, you know, like they do with the film and, and productions and things they do that they're super awesome at is uh, trying to get these kids yeah. recruited, give them a shot at the next level. So, you know, if they yeah. want if we can open up that door, you know, I definitely know, uh, just right off the hand, I, I know about 10 to 15 to 20 kids just to start off that, that I know would show up to a camp in Charlotte, you know, to come out and have another chance to compete. Because, again, they're not given anything. They know, everybody knows this year, right now, they are not guaranteed to have any sophomore, freshman, junior senior film so if they have a chance to come out and compete you know get some film out there get some good instruction compete against themselves compete against you know some guys from around the country around the region whatnot you know i I know they'll be there and you know when we have those conversations with those guys like i said you know i I know dang well we can get enough specialists to uh have a good competition out there and put on a good showcase and represent the ept group you know like like they're normally represented with top athletes Mm -hmm. No doubt about it, brother. Another great show in the books. Eugene, you did a great job putting it all together over there on SO Sports Central. I want to thank all of our guests tonight. I don't have time to go through them. You know who you are, and I'll say this. Chad Illing, you will always live through our broadcast, through our voices, and through our actions. We will continue to do the next best thing. And as I will sign off saying, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and the Lord may shine his grace upon you on behalf of all of us at southern sports central stay safe stay blessed and we'll see you sunday night right here on southern sports central i just say whatever because there is no way you're grounded everyone falls down sometimes but you just gotta know it'll all be fine it's okay Uh it's okay
sunshine on my Sunday bed. 